Blog Talk Radio. And oh my goodness, it is late Sunday night, and I decided, I said, you know what, I'm going to give a show, do a show for everybody. The night before Dr. King's, uh, we celebrate Dr. King's birthday. Actually, we're celebrating Dr. King's birthday on his actual birthday. You know, usually, what is it, every, I forget what it is, every third, every first, second Monday or third, second, I can't remember. But it usually doesn't fall on the 15th, and it's this year's fall on the 15th because I think his actual birthday is on the 15th, right? So, yeah, so uh, celebrating uh, the life of Dr. King coming up uh, tomorrow. So a lot of you are off work, and uh, you've had, you guys have enjoyed your weekend, had a, like a, a nice, what is it, uh, four-day weekend tomorrow? Listen, I don't know. It's snowing in Dallas. <laughs> oh. And it's tears in Dallas right now, snowing in tears. I hear crying in the wind. <laughs> oh, my Dallas Cowboy fans. Oh, my God. I'm so, oh, I'm so sad for y'all. This was a heartbreaker. I mean, just watching it. Damn. And my hope is being, I, my dream Super Bowl has been Chiefs and Cowboys. And, oh, man, I just felt so excited. I know I have some Cowboy fans listening and friends with me, and I'm sorry for y'all, man. It's a harsh, rough, rough. Oh, man. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Tonight's game, did y'all watch it? See, I'm a big sports person. I when I out now. This is, this is funny because I, I am no in no ways a tomboy or anything when I was little. I'm a girly, girly girl, okay? <laughs> but my papa 
and my and my great grandfather used to watch games and stuff all the time and everything. And I love, you know, I, I love the men of my family, so I be watching too. <laughs> Football, basketball, baseball, they take me to games and stuff like that. And then um, what else? Uh, and then I because my grandfather always hated the Chiefs, so I didn't grow up a Chiefs fan, even though my my grandpa I didn't become a Chiefs fan until I got older. And but my 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 grandpa my grandfather and my great grandfather always watch games and they took me fishing and stuff like that. And fishing is the only thing I came close to <laughs> where I was like maybe cowboys. So I used to love fishing with them. I go fishing like you know. Sometimes they would even try to like my I would stay. But sometimes I would stay over my great grandparents on the weekends sometimes and so. My great grandfather did sometimes would on on you know they tried it they were going to the the Missouri like river to fish because it was a little bit more dangerous than our than the typical places they would go fishing because you know it'd be quicksand and stuff like that out there so they try to sneak and wake up before I would so they were like she she you know the baby if we she sees us she gonna want to go or whatever and I'd be up I'd be like no. Nope. <laughs> I have my fish. My little, they had me a little fishing reel, a little fishing stuff, Chad. I'd be going to. <laughs> but I used to love fishing, right? So that's the closest I came to not being a girly girl. But I still be a girly girl out there with the fish and stuff. I'd be putting the worms on the hook and stuff. But it took me a long time to not be afraid of them and stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, but I grew up watching sports, and that's why I became such a big, like, sports fan. So today, I mean, it was just so sad to see. I mean, I was just mad. But it wasn't sad for me. <laughs> and hopefully it won't be. <laughs> oh, no. The Chiefs. Oh, my God. The Chiefs. Coldest game in era one. The coldest, and I've been out of Arrowhead. Listen, when it has been cold, I can't imagine being out there in negative 30. Because Arrowhead, if you've ever been to Arrowhead, just go to games. I used to go to a lot of things at Arrowhead back in my day, <laughs> right? So, so like, you go to – we go to Arrowhead. We go to Chiefs games, and, you know, Chiefs games are – like, Arrowhead is windy. So I know them fans, true blue, okay? I've been out there when it's – I've been out there at a real, real cold game. And I had, like, back in those days, I had, like, a big, huge sheep jacket. This was, like, in the, was it, like, Derek Thomas days and Neil Smith days. Oh, my God. I had, like, uh, I had a sweater, the chief stuff. I mean, it was crazy. Crazy hot chocolate. I mean, it, it, it was, it was, it was, I can't imagine them being out there in negative 30, okay? Oh, my God. Lord Jesus, I cannot imagine. <laughs> Okay, and I had some family that went out there, and they was like, they were saying, we're going to be part of history. I'm like, y'all going to be cold. <laughs> oh, my God. And I've been checking on my grandparents, you know, because it's so cold. I'm like, how are you, are you guys at the house warm? You know, and they have a, a big house, and so it's, you know, it can get drafty in the, you know, big old house, and it can get drafty and stuff. And so my grandfather's like, I've been putting insulation in every putting little holes in the <laughs> In the house, I was like, oh, my God. And, you know, trying to make sure his, his basement is as warm as it can be. But what are his pipes, you know, even with the water on? Like, he runs the water to make sure the pipes are good. And even with the water on, the pipe is freezing. 
So he's like, oh, my God, you know. I'm like, okay, no big deal, you know, whatever. We Hopefully, so he's like, okay, hopefully everything is, you know, okay, it's an old house, right? So he's been unthawing the, you know, it trying to get, you know, get get the cold unthawed and having to, it unfreezes and having to make unthawed again. I mean, oh, my God, he said he's never seen anything in his, all his years, in his 80-some years, this cold in Kansas City. So that is crazy. Like he said, I've never seen it this cold. And I've been in Kansas City when it's cold, cold, okay? Even just hanging out with them. And sometimes I would go stay with my grandparents back, you know, a few years ago. I would go stay with them for like sometimes four to six weeks or something just to check on them and make sure everything's okay. Sometimes I do a seal every now and then and everything. And, oh, my God, and their winter, winters in Kansas City, you go in Kansas City, it's brutal. But you know how to drive in the snow and stuff. You know, in Texas, they do not know how to drive in the snow. Everything be shut down. It's, it's a little bit of snow on the ground right now. They was this weekend out at the grocery store like they was about to get a blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. You know, they get a busy. If we get ready in Kansas City, you grow up in Kansas City, you get ready to get a little sprinkle of snow. Everybody like, mm, okay, you know. But now, you know, when it's bliss, that's when everybody like had ghosts. But these people be out in Texas, like just you know, if it's just a sprinkle, they like, oh Lord, everything's shutting down. <laughs> Even when I was going for my my uh, treatment last week, the little young lady was telling me, oh Miss. Miss Mahon or Miss Toons, a call. You know, if you're having any problems or if you're getting here, the weather we at the office is closed. Call and check. I'm like, close. It's a sprinkle. <laughs> but it's funny. It's funny. Okay, Texas versus Kansas is so different. It's so crazy. Okay. Um, what else? Oh my God! So yeah, so the weather is crazy. Texas fans, I'm so sorry, Cowboy fans, man. The Texans are still in it. Now we don't know if the Chiefs, the Chiefs don't know if they're going to play Texans or Buffalo. Both are scary for us, but I have believing in us. I, be, you know what? Chiefs always have to win scrappy and ugly. I hate scrappy ugly wins. You know, I want people. I want them to be stacked. You know, and just go through. <laughs> like you, you just like we was the first time, the first year we won the Super Bowl. Not the first year we lost, but the first year we won, we were stacked. <laughs> I wanted to be like that, but we had a terrible defense, right? But the last couple of weeks, this year it was like mediocre. I mean, last year it was like we had a semi good defense, pretty good offense, and Patrick, which made it everything awesome, right? This year he has, you know, well, now I'm starting to see some sparks in the last few weeks. You know, he has, he, but he's, for the, if you, if you look at the whole year, he's had okay, just a not very good receivers, not his offense been okay, but he still managed to, they, we still managed to win the first game playoffs. That's how great Patrick Miles is. I'm a Patrick Miles fan, okay? So, yeah, so I'm excited. I feel like we're going to, like, what I saw in the last few weeks, if the Chiefs start getting in the end zone, they're still struggling a little bit with getting in the end zone, but if they, if they get in, start getting in the end zone like they, you know, and be not cooking, we're going out of way, and we're going to win this thing, whoever it is. <laughs> okay. if, if we, because I don't know if the new offensive coordinator has gotten his plays together, because what I see it is is a play problem, a play calling problem, but if he get ish, ish together, if they get their ish together and they get in that end zone, man, 
Because I've been seeing it the last couple of weeks how we've been going up. But we've been ending up down at the end zone. We've been having a problem and getting, you know, having, uh, it's, we've been kicking instead of getting in. we right there at the end zone and kicking. And that should not be. That's a, something that's going on. So when they tweet that problem, y'all better watch. Y'all better. I don't care who. I don't care. Fuck. I don't care who. <laughs> we coming. You know, and it's just, it's, it is what it is. It's one of those we might have to win ugly. You know, sometimes you got to win ugly in life. <laughs> It is what it is. Sometimes you got to do ugly wins, okay? But I am so proud of the Chiefs. I'm happy for my hometown. Hope it, and you know, excited, excited that we 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 did it, okay? Cowboy fans, I hate it. I'm sorry. I know I, I shouldn't blow. I know I'm gloating a little bit, but hopefully we don't be crying next week. But you know, y'all ain't been a long time. They was hope. I mean, they was riding on this. I just, I I'm just feeling for the Cowboy fans because. I wanted a Cowboy and Chiefs Super Bowl, okay? I now going to be the Chiefs and I don't know who else. But I wanted a Cowboy and Chiefs. <laughs> oh, I'm not laughing at y'all. I'm just this sad, you know. It's, uh, it's terrible. It's, it's, it makes it hurt, okay? I'm, I'm hurting for you guys, okay? All right, so, uh, yeah, but, yeah. So that's my thing on the NFL this week, uh, Chiefs winning. Um Okay, so I talked about how the Chiefs have to win ugly, and to me, this is a, a this is I guess I'll get into y'all. It's the word. So every week, for those of you who are new listening to the show, every week I do this thing called it's a word. Okay, last week somebody asked me it's like, what's it? What I I know I know something motivational, but I don't know what did you do? What you do? What's the thing? It's a word. It's a word. Is every week I try to give a motivational thought or something about what has happened to me during the week or what I've learned or whatever. And this week, my motivation, my, it's the word is, uh, sometimes you have to overcome adversity. I think everything I say is almost about the same, you know, about overcoming adversity. This year, I'm just like, you know, I have, I have to say, you know, I've been overcoming a lot. <laughs> But, uh, no, last, well, last year, starting again, the last year, starting this year. And so it, I've been trying not to let things that are the adversity or things that come try to, you know, stop you from doing what you need to do, you know, stuff like that or move. So I'm, 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 I'm in this point now and I'm trying to have this, uh, attitude of, what do you want to do? Well, I, I started off saying, you know, I always start off every year. I'm going, what is, what, what price are you going to pay this year? What's your, what price are you going to pay, girl? What you feel, what are you trying to pay for this year? You know, where are we at? We at a certain age, you know, what we out here doing. And I have to, you know, I have to make some strong decisions because I'm going through this whole thing. For those of you who are listening to my show, I'm going through breast cancer and, and trying to uh, work out life as it comes, you know, it goes and stuff like this. So I'm just like, okay, so this, I, I, you know, how do I work this thing? How do I, because to me, when certain things like that come into your life, you know, like I, you know, like my granny, I always say in the word of God, say the, it, the, it rains on the just and the unjust. But, 
that means things happen to good people and bad people. But when things happen to you, I always feel like there is a reason and there is a lesson in them. And there you, if you sometimes you need to turn that lesson over. You know what I'm saying? Make it, make it count. Don't ignore the lesson. Don't ignore the energy of it and what it's trying to teach you because you don't want to go through it no more. I'm like, I don't want to go through it no more. <laughs> so I just want to learn, learn what it is and what do I do with it. And so I'm at this point of saying all these things, like I'm looking at the things that have been really difficult for me to, um, that I've been fighting over the years, like kind of, you know, things that have been just uh, difficult, you know, like just like, oh, this is, so I'm like, so I'm looking at how I handle, um, how I handle sometimes being too, um, uh, how I sometimes being too, being, what is it, nice but not um, too, not I won't say too nice, but how it can get me into trouble or how I can, and how I, how I need to learn how to change certain vibes of how I come at people or under, you know, and not wait so long to deal with situations or deal, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, just deal with them and be very forward. So I'm trying to learn that. I'm, this is, that's the adversity for me because, um, Sometimes it'll take me aback when I'm really moving and trying to do something and somebody doesn't, um, they don't get it right. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to give them another chance. <laughs> I'm going to give them another chance. And then it puts me back or whatever. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Okay, now I've got to, you know, I got to figure out a way how to be nice. So now I'm trying to learn how to be more bold and more straight to the point of what I need to say. That's adver- it's adversity for me because I sometimes don't do it. You know, in, on this show, I know. I be seeming tough and stuff, but sometimes I'm not. You know, I'm a Scorpio. We Scorpios, we, we, we soft sometimes. We look tough, but we soft on the inside, you know. We kind of soft. <laughs> and so I be trying to, like, you know, I be trying to be nice and, like, handle it. But now I've learned, I'm starting to learn to be a little bit more bold. How, and if, even if it shakes people the wrong way, you know, <laughs> Uh, I know that's hard to believe, but it's true. In my personal life, I have sometimes I have I, I have a too nice vibe, and then also learning how to overcome just difficulties that I have in my everyday life. Like I was, we were we were doing me and some friends. We were doing a boot camp beforehand, and one of the things that we were doing was checking our health care and everything. I just I do a lot anyway, but that's part of the reason one of the ways I found out about my breast cancer. So. I always, I'm now I'm trying to figure out ways to be more healthy and change my energy, change my, like, I'm like, what do I want to be? Like, where where do I want to go? And it's hard because I'm, I've so much, I've lived so much of life already. And so sometimes I'm always like, ooh, how do I use this to um, phoenix up? You know what I'm saying? How do I burn up the old and phoenix up to the new how do i get rid of all these these habits that i have uh uh, made and prepare for another like how i'm trying to explain how i can explain this to y'all because i I feel like i'm not explaining right but how to prepare for where i see myself and it's difficult because where i'm you know when you're in when you're in somewhere and you're not where you see yourself you gotta, you 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 see it. You see where you see yourself, but you're trying to 
you're in an environment that doesn't speak to that other part, right? And so you're like, wow, okay, I see that there, but how do I get from here to there? You know, how am I, how do I pair for it? And what I realized about myself, and this is what I'm just, that's why I have this this year, it's the one that's overcoming adversity, is that I always be fighting, okay? <laughs> I have a North Node in Capricorn. My uh 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 what is it? My and so and my South Node is in Cancer, right? So my South Node is in Cancer. So I'm always, you know, I'm home. I like sometimes I like home. I'm back, you know, because probably you know what they say. Astrologers say if you believe in past lives, in your past life you were probably a nurturer, like a mother. But this life, you can't be that. You, you can be that. You can be a mom and stuff, but you. But your first thing is to be, uh, you know in the world and of the world and all these things, right? So, yeah, North Node is in Capricorn. You're supposed to be out there in loop, and I like that kind of stuff, right? But it's sometimes, it, you know, it may conflict with the environment around me. So I am trying to learn how to overcome adversity in small, little, subtle ways. And one of the ways I thought about it was I was thinking about the Chiefs game, and I was like, you know, because I was so, I was like, oh, I was getting so upset about the Chiefs, you know, I was like, oh my God, you need to get an end zone, you need to get an end zone. I was getting mad, and then I was like, no, wait a minute. Then when they won, I was thinking, man, this is better. They did better than last week. They did better, and I was thinking about ugly wins, like. They have, to, they have to fight for where they're trying to go. Little ugly wins. A win is a win. A move is a move, right? And sometimes you have to fight really hardcore adversities to get to where you want to. And your wins won't always be pretty, and it won't always be easy, and it, all, it won't always be smooth. And I realize that for myself, that the adversities and challenges of seeing myself one place, but... Uh, fighting the current uh, energy is a part of the adversity. It is just, uh, and it's, and sometimes the wins can be small and they won't be huge sometimes all the times, or they'd be little, it may be ugly wins or small wins, but at least you're overcoming, at least you're better than you were the previous day or the, the next day. And the thing is to be consistent and to keep moving at it and keep doing it, okay, until you see yourself as you see, you know what I'm saying, as you see yourself. And I've had, I've had, I'm a club y'all. I've, I've seen this before, <laughs> right? So I am so I am in that mode of trying to see mix again. And, I, and I'm like, oh, man, how do I do this? Right, and so I guess I wanted to say that your it's the word is accept uh, accept that you have to uh, overcome adversity, but accept that you may do it in little wins, <laughs> like ugly wins, not little wins, because nothing's little but ugly wins. Like it always, sometimes it may be scrappy, and sometimes it might be a fight, but at least you win. And then you look back, you know, like the other week, uh, last week. I did. I had my workout days, and I was like doing. Cause child, listen, I had to listen. I had to get back on my workout because I was like, well, you know, when I went to the doctor, and they was like, oh my god, it was a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, and I had, I was like, I had gay weight. I was like, listen, I told my daughter, I said, she said, I understand, it's not been stressing, and I was like, we gotta, we can't, we can't be dealing with this. <laughs> we gotta do something different or whatever. So I was so proud of myself when I had, I had some ugly. Uh, uh, a workout this week where it was hard. I didn't feel like doing it. I was like, damn, I do not want to go down. I do not want to work out. 
I don't want to go to work out. I don't want to do this and stuff like that. But when I did it, once I did it, it was it was hard. It was ugly. It was difficult. But I felt good afterwards. I felt like I was winning. I was like, yes. Yes. I'm doing what I need to do, right? <laughs> or, you know, so sometimes it won't always feel good. It won't always be easy. Sometimes there will be ugly wins like the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs, you might have to flound your way to the to your the Super Bowl of your life. <laughs> but at least you will get there. Every little step you take, whether it's a little one or a big one, it's still a te- step towards victory, okay? So that is your it's a word. I hope y'all got it. <laughs> I hope y'all understood y'all it's a word this week, okay? I hope y'all did get it, okay? All right. Listen. So much is going on in 2024, okay? Now, see, I remember during COVID, people was like, you know, coming for my neck, okay? Now y'all quiet, y'all be saying, now y'all be saying, and y'all be writing nothing except that y'all, y'all beehivers. But nobody else writes me, but beehivers are starting like, wait a minute, beehivers like me. What beehiver wrote me? You said, I think you like her. I was like, I didn't say I hated her. <laughs> they think I hate Beyonce. But, you know, I just went out with a bunch of beehivers the other week, a few weeks, uh, last week. All my crew are beehivers, except for I'm not a beehiver, you know, they like, but, you know, my little young crew and stuff like that. But, yeah, so, like, but y'all came from my neck about Fachi. When I told y'all Fachi, a lot of that shit, Fachi was saying he's making up off the top of his head. I kept telling y'all the mask mandate. I said all that. Then Fachi is confessing. That he was, he, he, a lot of stuff we, I, we was doing because it was an emergency. Oh, my God, we got to talk about that because I can't wait to talk about. See, I feel vindicated. <laughs> you know, sometimes you go through being, you know, the person that everybody, you know, if you, my, some of my favorite stories in the Bible are the prophets, you know, the prophets in the Old Testament, when they, the prophets are trying to tell them something's happening, and the people be like, ah, oh, I want to hear you. And then the stuff go down, and then they be like, oh, they be looking stupid, and the prophets be like, mm-hmm, I try to tell you. <laughs> okay? That's me. That's me. But a prophet is without honor in his what? In his home, or a prophet is without honor among friends. Okay, y'all, it's like, Colorado, you can't do this, you can't do this, you sound like Trump, you sound like this, oh my God, oh my God, you guys got played, a lot of y'all, <laughs> but, okay, we're going to talk about that, and we got to talk about the water still being bad in Mississippi, baby, okay, why is the water still bad in Mississippi, what's going on, it's an American city, and the water's bad, Mm. That's the problem, okay? That is terrible, okay? And then Angela Rye is back. Oh, my God, where has Angela been? Angela has not been out to give us any one-liners or crazy. But Angela is back with, what is it, her and, um, what is it, uh, Gilliam? I forget the guy's name. But him and the girl, um, the girl from MSNBC. Oh, my God, I forgot her name. But they're back with a podcast. I'll talk about that in, them in a minute. But it's so interesting. Angela starts off the podcast with a little bit of Me Too news. Now, listen, some Me Too's are ridiculous, okay? Oh, they are. 
and Angela Lewis, okay? So we're going to talk about that, her Me Too moment on her podcast this week. Uh, also, we're going to talk about a celeb food critic who had to abandon San Francisco because he said people in San Francisco just trying to survive, baby. Listen, my last visit to San Francisco, to go see Matt Quill. So I'm like, oh, my God. They're like, my friend, like, come out and listen. Like, you're going to be on tour with that big <laughs> I said, shut up. My girlfriend was just messaging me. You went on tour with that big booty. I said my booty will be down by the time he has another show. But I don't know if I'm going on tour or not this year. But you know what? It's okay. I'm not going. I, I'm protesting. I'm protesting the cruise. <laughs> they don't believe. They think I'm going to magically end up on a cruise some sort of way. What? I said, how am I going to put up? How am I going to magically end up on a cruise with a bit? How am I going to wind up there with my birth? They don't believe that. I'm good. They can't believe I'm not going on the cruise. They're like, you, you, I, you can't, we didn't believe you was protesting. But no, uh, Sabrina, probably, I'm like, I was pro. Uh-uh. Not the way you mess with that. And you want to see Robert. I'm like, I am not going to show up on that cruise. I'm not that. I, they think they don't believe it. They believe. They think I'm me and, me and my big booty. And then I told one of my girlfriends, my girlfriend, when your treatment, when your treatment over. Like they need to, like they'll be believing me out in these streets. I don't believe you when it comes to nothing anywhere. I'm just trying to tell y'all the truth. <laughs> they don't. For me, just my missus coming. You ain't protest. What is the deal here? Okay, let me explain to y'all something. My booby's been hurting like the whole weekend. Like booby hurts. I'm like, oh my god. I've been rubbing aquaphor and aloe vera. <laughs> I mean, she's crazy, okay? Who thinks I'm going to show up on a boat? And then, wait a minute. And then my friend goes, when is she? I mean, she's like, steer, she's texting me. When's your treat now? When's your treat? And so I thought, yeah, it's, it's going to be over before, way before, it's a, a week or so before, two before uh, the cruise. Aha, I, I knew it. I'm like, what? That, what? You going to celebrate? No, I am not. But <laughs> you buy me a ticket? I'm going to be rubbing aquaphor and olive vera. There's going to be a whole stack of aquaphor and olive vera on the boat. Because <laughs> that's what I would do. <laughs> oh, my God. We, it was, I mean, it's funny, okay? But anyway, no, I'm not going on a cruise, right? But I just want to side. That's a side boy, okay? But the last time I went to San Francisco, I would see back there. And I would see my uncle because my family down there and my little niece, my little baby niece, and my uh, aunt. And my uh, my other my big niece the big she's big niece my bigger niece okay right and she's grown now whatever all of my nieces are grown both all of them are grown my niece my niece cousins right and listen San Francisco which is one of my favorite places New Orleans San Francisco oh my God I'm in love okay used to be in love with San Francisco when I was walking my uncle was walking through the park one day. All I saw was tense. I was like, I, I said, what have y'all done? What has people in California done? What have y'all done to this beautiful place? How bad have y'all fucked it up? How to be so liberal. Just trying to do everything for everybody. Everybody's a mess. I, so I understand what this food critic is saying, right? I was like, I was sad, man. Oh, man. 
Oh, boy. You know, something used to just be relegated to, like, where people say certain parts are open. But now certain parts are open is nice. Because I was like, because <laughs> we went to, uh, what is it, Hunter's World? I forget what it is when I went, because I hadn't been in a while. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing, y'all. It's stuff that got a little nicer. But it's like in San Francisco itself and in certain parts of different parts of, uh, you know, the nor- or northern California, the San Francisco area, I mean, people are struggling. So I understand what this man is talking about. So we're going to talk about that, how about Elon Musk uh, issue uh, to New Yorkers. Um, Dallas, where I live, is a hot spot for three cents. <laughs> Who would have got? Who would have guessed? Okay, so we're going to talk about that. And TJ Holmes, baby, on these streets. Okay, TJ Holmes. Y'all remember TJ and Amy, okay? Mm-hmm. TJ, Amy, Good Morning America, the lovers who left a good job at Good Morning America to do these podcasts out in the streets. Okay, so TJ and Amy, they say this week, was talking. Now, I didn't get to be on and talk about TJ up here. Uh, they said how DJ, TJ disappeared or something for a couple of days. I was like, oh, no, Amy, not already. He usually averaged five years. But this week on the podcast, they were saying he was drinking and stuff like that. I said, uh-oh. So we gonna talk about TJ and Amy and all this stuff they got going. Child, TJ and Amy a mess, okay? <laughs> they might be true love. <laughs> you got them drinking. That's true love. <laughs> she got TJ drinking already. <laughs> all right, so we gotta talk about that and a whole lot more on the CC show. But with a meanwhile, okay, it's time for some uh, music. So meanwhile, we're gonna listen to uh, what is it? Oh my god, I had the song I wanted us to listen to. Um, what is it? See, I get mad when I when I have a song and then it's not ready. <laughs> All right, let's listen to Q-Tip and get involved. This is CC Show. I'll be back in a moment, y'all. Get involved with you. It's the S-A-Double-D-I-Q. Yo, he wanna get involved with you. It's the S-A-Double-D-I-Q. Yo, he wanna get involved with you. 
so we might as well play. The way you shine, shorty, you the shit. The princess in the pauper pit. We may be poor, but we rich in soul. Get a ball, but get in control. Get a ball, but get in control. You know the way you do with your
think that is Calvin Richardson, one of my favorite singers. We gonna love tonight. Uh, you know that song, and I believe I think Eric Benet wrote that. Like you can hear, can you hear? You can always hear a tone. Like I, you can hear that sound. You can hear Eric Benet to me in the background. I can hear him because I think at one time Calvin Richardson was on the label. It was like Eric Benet had a label, and Calvin Richardson was on it or something like that. I don't know how that went, but Calvin Richardson is one of the dopest. Uh, solo artist out here. He's never, he's not being really huge, but you know, more like a, a really real underground thing. Oh my God, Calvin is bad. Okay, so okay. All right, it's the CC show. Okay, listen, I see some of y'all on the line listening tonight because a lot of my listeners know, okay, who listen because sometimes y'all listen in while I'm taping a show. Okay, so and I always have a new like new people in. They don't know tonight I'm taping. I'm not taking phone calls. So I see you, like, you have your line there. You're like, when I tape, I don't take phone calls because I don't scream them. So I'm sorry tonight. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry. All right. But uh, you're welcome to listen in, right? All right. It's the CC Show, and we are talking about, um, we're getting ready to have a, a talk about Fachi this week because Fachi. Has admitted. Fachi's admitted. Fachi's like, you know, hey, I, I pretty much told some fibs, okay? I had to get y'all to act right. <laughs> New York Post has a funny, so this is from the New York Post, okay? It says, phony Fachi fesses up uh, fake science and COVID film slam, okay? Um and uh, this is he. This is actually an opinion, Ed. But they also, did, it's Wall Street Journal also had an article in Washington, uh, Washington about uh, Fauci and what he said to week. But this is former COVID Caesar, Dr. Anthony Fauci, gave closeted door testimony before Congress last week. So it's time yet again for the Fauci filing. The pin, <laughs> he says, the pin-sized patron saint of the failed restrictionist policy. The lefties and COVID crazy sent love simply can't admit he's lost a massive argument with reality. The not-so-good doctor got off to a weak start in D.C., surprising the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus um, Pandemic Chair Rep uh, Brad Winstrop with how much he doesn't recall from the start of the pandemic. Demic. Fauci, after all, led the effort in the early days of the pandemic to quash the idea, now regarded as uh, probable by the feds that COVID, COVID sprang from Wuhan Institute of Virology, throwing his considerable weight behind efforts to smear and suppress anyone who dared to dissent. Remember, the social media groups got involved. If you put anything out that was against anything that Fauci said, you say if you put out there, I had legitimate articles up, okay, where I was talking about the Spanish flu and how certain masks didn't work in Spanish flu. And I knew masks weren't going to work. I knew Fox was lying about the mask because I, I read history. So, and, and they were having the same problems 100 years before, <laughs> right? And if you weren't wearing the right mask, people still got it, okay? And, and he, finally, he finally admitted, okay, yeah, okay, <laughs> the mask didn't work. But okay. But it says Fauci after all left the effort in early days of the pandemic price idea. Okay, then it says that uh uh Anthony Fauci arrives for a closer interview with the House Select Committee. Uh let me put this down. Where is it? Then there's the anti COVID policies he champions, social distancing, vaccine mandates for schools and businesses. 
Do you remember that? We could not go anywhere. You, they were, this was, I, I knew it was a test. But at that time, you know, because I knew some people, my grandmother was so scared. People, so, people were so scared about me catching COVID that I, I, will, I will never do it again in life, though. I went here and took a, I told y'all I wasn't going to ever tell y'all because I felt like it was a dissenting. It was a, a new tipper. But I went ahead and I said I went ahead and did it after a long time that the thing had been out because, you know, my granny was crying. I was like, child, okay, I will get this stuff so y'all can leave me alone. But I said, no, I, I would never. That was a bad move because even after it had been out a while, long time, it was still people were still getting COVID. People were still getting COVID from it. People were still dying. People with full shots, okay? So it was a lot of crap that I knew behind that. But it says, um, on some of the Fauci things finally to have come clean, per Winstrip, he claimed that the that policies and mandates he promised may unfortunately increase vaccine hesitancy for years to come. Um, Americans have lost faith in institutions because of the flip-flopping Fauci's in power. Uh, he and his cronies encourage draconian rules in, around vaccines that don't meaningfully stop transmission or infection. And remember, they didn't know if you, you could pass it even if you had the shot and you kept collected COVID. And, then, you know, it was so weird because sometimes they couldn't tell if you had it or not. It was so, it was such a mess. But you would be punished if you said anything like that back in the day. But it says stop transmission infection. Even has medical establishments did everything he could to make talking points about their real, but thankfully rare side effects taboo. On social distances, it seems he's admitted the whole thing was completely fake from the start. We talked about this on this show we did. I knew the ridiculousness of it all. It was, my goodness. The idea was everyone staying six feet away from each other would slow the virus spread. From that, uh, flowed the need to close businesses, shut schools, and generally immiserate um, uh, um, av- the average Americans, okay? Yet, per Fauci, the six-inch guideline sort of just appeared without meaningful scientific input and likely not based on scientific data. And I try People would cuss you out a few years ago for saying this, okay? So, okay, so no kidding. The idea initially came from a high, high schooler's 2006 science project. It placed third, by the way. <laughs> oh, my God, this is terrible. Oh, my God. So the idea of social distances came from a science project that placed third. Uh, so at high schooler. So because of something Fauci now admits was totally made up, unimaginable harm was done. And yet he's utterly unrepentant. Perhaps the most terrible uh, uh, effect of, his, of this unscientific dictate, dictate was that was the ma- uh, massive academic and psychological damage it did to kids kept out of school for weeks and months on end. Which I said not only did to kids, but psychological damage it did to people, period. Okay? Um, in 2022, eighth graders had lost two decades, two decades of progress, the deepest drop ever. For Fauci, no big deal. According to Rep. Mike, Representative Michael Cloud, uh, Republican Texas, he's still not convinced that there was there was learning um, that there was learning loss at all. That it's really still open for discussion. No, Tony, it's not. The policies you back 
did damage to a generation of kids, and this is what the writers are saying, damage concentrated among more poor black and Latino students. Um, Fauci, uh, has, has, you know, he, he admitted to a lot of things that they were making up and hopefully just to try to get the public in line, even the mask mandates, all kinds of things. They had no proof for, and yet here we are. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, you know, I feel vindicated. I know. I know, I know, I know some of you are still going to be mad and you're going to still believe Fauci and everything. And that's okay. Okay, that's okay. But I feel good. I feel like that I told y'all during the, I, I kept every week I would tell y'all this doesn't right. And they be marking me on, they be taking my little stuff off, be marking me <laughs> as uh, spreading false news. Turns out we were not spreading false news. Turns out we were right, and Fauci was making up shit, okay? <laughs> Try to tell you. Remember when Fauci was going around door to door trying to get people to take the shot, and, and a, a, one of the patients came out and was, like, I mean, running him through. Like, he didn't have no answers. He got so frustrated, he walked away. We should have known he was a full clown fest then, okay? We should have known. We should have known, but we didn't. We I think Americans panicked. And, you know, there is, if I can think of two major things that has changed the world in the last 30 years, it would be 9-11 and it would be COVID mandates. Terrible. You can see the effect that that 9-11 started getting, because George W. See, what I try to tell people now is, you know, you can no longer look at people as Republicans and Democrats. That's all political theater. I mean, it's great, you know, for, for us to be out here. You know, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Republican. But it's really not about that. It's really about globalism and nationalism. I tell you all that all the time. Globalism, nationalism. You got these people fighting. And George W. is just as much as a globalist as Barack Obama. There's no difference. Now, George W. brought in some of the craziest laws. It changed our life. I mean, search and seizure is now a normal part of our everyday. We go to concerts and we, we get searched. <laughs> we go to the, the the airport, we're getting searched, even though they don't, they, don't, they don't look for shit around the airport like bombs or anything like that or, you know, <laughs> crazy, right? But there are, because, you know, there was a terrorist attack I think years ago, like we're from, from a bomb outside of the uh uh, from I guess them shoot or drones or something I forget. We never think about that, but they have put the American people under mandate. We got also uh, 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 the uh, uh, the pe- the government listening to us, and we found that out through Snowden and all these things. Listen, okay, it, it those those two, two things significantly. That was the beginning. George, okay, and his his crazy off. Then the next thing was the far they had come was uh, 
the implement implementing of uh of covid and and also to get trump out because trump is trump even though i don't i don't like listen i'm not big on trump on all the things but i like him better than biden and i think trump is uh you know I, politics are not personal to me you can be if you want to uh you know I see America, even though America, I am American as apple pie, and my ancestors, uh, I feel, built the country. I, and and, rate, and we were treated as dogs, less than humans, caught 315s and everything like that. And I, But I don't take, I, it's because of that hardcore stance that we have as black people that we know, I don't take... Politicians are racist for pay. I don't pay any attention to them. I, you know, the thing is, I understand that politicians, you have to put pressure on them. They, it doesn't matter if they're your friend. You can't take nothing personal. You know, white supremacy is a part of the American makeup. Not that it's good. I'm not saying it's good. Okay, that's it's it's hurt America, right? So now. I, but I don't take personal, uh, I don't, politicians, when people say, oh, he's a racist or he's just, I think they all are. I don't, I mean, I don't see the Democrats being, giving me, waving a non-racist flag because they're nicer. You know what I'm saying? What I see it has is um, who is going to implement the policies It's not, that I would like to see happen. And I, I'm not here for your, to personally like you. What Trump at one time used to fund Democrats and Republicans. He was a businessman in New York. He at one time in New York was hanging around most black celebrities. Who knows what that Gemini is? Okay, he's a Gemini. You don't know what the Gemini Gemini's, okay? (laughs) My favorite astrology. He's a Gemini with a Sagittarius moon. My favorite sign besides my own sign, Scorpio. Gemini's, the strange Gemini's. They can one day be one way and the next day be another way. <laughs> I heard a woman in my uh, astrology group say she was married to a Gemini. It was like, wait, and they were asking her, what's that like? She's like, it's like, it's like meeting 10 different, they, being married to 10 different people. And I was like, I bet. I mean, so that's Trump, the dynamic of Trump. You may think Trump is one way, but Trump has so much stuff going on. Trump is a lot of things. I don't trust any politician, but I like Trump better than I do Biden. <laughs> this is my personal opinion. Because I'm playing chess, not checkers, right? You know what I'm saying? It's not about, like, I don't, I don't pay attention to the press calling, trying to make one side more racist than the other. I'm like, this is a racist, we have a racist construct in the country, okay? There's no side one more racist than the other. And besides that, when I look at the Democratic Party, I see them as more of a problem. You know? Not that I'm a Republican. I don't see the Republicans as a problem. But I do see the Democrats as a problem because the Democrats, you know, they preach a good, they talk a good talk, but they never deliver. So, and, and, you know, they don't even talk a good talk anymore. I mean, we as a group have voted for them the last, what is it, 70 years since the New Deal. Because, you know, back in, oh, my great-grandparents were not, 
Democrats. They were Republicans because remember the Democrats were once, you know, they switch up. They do this progress. They're in the middle of switching now. You know, at one time the Dixiecrats were the racist, the Democrats, which is Dixiecrats were the racist group in more conservative, and the Republicans were the progressives like the Lincoln Party and stuff like that. And then over the years after Roosevelt, it kind of changed over. They start switching, and then um, uh, and you know because most of my great grandparents would vote for uh, the Republicans because of Emancipation Proclamation, right? <laughs> we got stuck there, right? And then. Roosevelt comes along with the New Deal, so it brings in a lot more black voters for the Democratic Party. Now, I think that's how it went. So you you see, now you're seeing this happen again. Like Donald Trump is kind of bringing a weird situation because Donald Trump is like a, a Tea Party. I call, Donald Trump is the result of the Tea Party, not the Tea Party, the fake Tea Party. The Tea Party, um, how can I put this? The underground grassroots um, guys like Alex Jones, okay? The, I know people hate and say, oh, God, Carla, you mentioning Alex Jones. No, Alex Jones has a very big influence, okay? I used to listen to Alex Jones all the time, okay? Alex Jones, so, you said, so you're talking about that. He, so they are this core group, these um, probably friends, what people would say friends right, right? Um, but I would say that Trump is the candidate they wanted Ron Paul to be. You know what I'm saying? The libertarian Ron Paul. Trump is that. Just a little bit more conservative or pretends to be. I don't believe Trump is all that conservative as he pretends to be, but he, he plays to his base. Um So, you know, I I can I definitely see them has trying to move Trump out because Trump was a dinosaur compared to um the globalists. The globalists sees a world with no borders, a world with no ends, you know what I'm saying, like that, you know. And Trump is like, Hey, you know, I'm global about business but America needs to be sovereign. We are our own sovereignty in our own country and uh why would we take care of anything else first? What are you guys doing or whatever? So that's a, that is a dinosaur idea: sovereignty, nationalism, in a globalist era, right? So they are really that to me is Trump's biggest crime. It isn't racism? It isn't all this? The biggest crime they hate about Trump is because he's a sovereign guy. He wants he that's his complete seal. But some of his deal is, hey, America first. That's a dinosaur. That's a dinosaur conflict in the age of globalism, right? So it is. I think you know. It, I think COVID was really set up. It was part of COVID and the draconian laws and all those things. Part of it was to Trump didn't see what hit him. Just didn't. I mean, you know, Trump's a guy who. I always laugh. I say, for years, black people have been talking about the FBI and the CIA and how out of control. <laughs> if any group in America knows how out of control the agencies were, we do. <laughs> and now suddenly Trump has come up because the agencies are after him. I'm like, no, now you believe us. <laughs> right? Uh, and he can but that's a hard sale because you've, uh, you've let these agencies amass so much power. I don't know if Trump 
win. I don't even know if he got, I mean, I know a lot of people, more people want to vote for Trump and everything because they're seeing the, the light or people, I'm not saying Trump is the best thing since like red. I mean, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that I've seen a lot more people look at voting for Trump or look at the idea of Trump, especially with immigration and all the crazy illegal, illegal immigration that we are seeing. So, um, It's going to be interesting to see if Trump can make it and fulfill the election cycle because if Trump gets in there, it's going to be – I remember I used to hear – what's the guy's name uh, that a lot of people think is kind of crazy, but he used to, he used to uh, what was his name? Uh, Farrell, Young Farrell. He used to say they, white people need to drain their swamp. Well, Trump is going to do a draining of the swamp. I mean, like a – like and and that's scary to a lot of this. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if he makes the election cycle. I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I'd be I, he's one of the most dangerous candidates for uh be for powers that be. Not to say that Trump doesn't come with his own set of crap. I'm not saying that. I'm not telling y'all that. No, because there's some crap here. But what I'm saying is that he's one of the most dangerous. I mean. A lot of people didn't pay attention to Trump like the last weeks of his um, his um, I always talk about it on here the last weeks of his president uh, before the election before the November fourth election when he went to address the United Nations and what he told them about America being sovereign and that he was not going to sell out America for global I mean I was you know, I knew he was going to let us say uh oh they're coming for you. Right, nobody heard. They was like a side part in the paper. You can look it up. Just put Trump talks to United Nations about against about American sovereignty and globalism. You'll see come up what he said those few weeks before. So he's dangerous to me, like JFK was to the system. I'm not saying he's dangerous, but to the powers, he is a dangerous guy. I mean, you know, because I think there's a fight going on right now. I always say two white supremacy groups. You got the uh, military complex. I think they're fighting against the agencies, and I think it's been a, that's been going on for a minute. And you know, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what wins. And I always say movies always have movies to me. Sometimes uh, will um, some movies you, that kind of will have a, a, a precursor. To uh, kind of tell us what's the, what what will like maybe of what we'll see sometimes, and I always say the siege. I think is that movie, the siege. Like the siege told us a lot about our politics going into the 2000s. What it will be, it's interesting. That movie's a very interesting movie, but and, and so I look at that we're still in that kind of fight there, but very interesting. Um, Fauci, I think Fauci was used to put good Trump out. And um, and I think that Trump, listen, I don't think that Trump might be all the way off about elections being rigged. I don't think that, you know, everybody, Democrats are acting like they have never said an election was rigged. I mean, they said that with, with George W. Bush. I always tell people we have a short-term memory. I talked about this last week, how when George W. Bush came into office, do you remember the streets? When George W. Bush came into office, when he won, 
and people were out with signs. They were protesting his inauguration. Remember, people uh, were throwing eggs at the limo as it was coming. It was crazy. It was mad nuts because people were mad because the Supreme Court had decided, you know, what the, the, the a thing in Florida. Anger, I hate to say this. I've said it before on the show before. I'm not promoting anger. I'm not promoting violence. But these kind of things, angry protests and stuff like that, American is apple pie. Even though I don't think January 6th was all that angry. <laughs> I mean, it might, they may have a few angry people, but uh, maybe about the first 10 that was going to the building, the rest looked like they was on a tourism. Uh, they looked like they was going to kidnap Nancy. <laughs> Stop laughing. I mean, it just didn't look like that to me. I just didn't. I, I just. I didn't see that. I, I did not see that. But I said both protests, the questioning of the election and the summer before the protest about racism and and and, and uh, um, uh, George Floyd and all those things, were as American as apple pie. America was started a revolution. America's rebellion is rebellion. Okay. So, I mean, whose constitution tells you to take up arms and build militias? <laughs> tells the people that. I mean, do people, I always ask people, do you even read that constitution? Have you ever read it? <laughs> it's, it's such a rebellious document. Even though it was crazy. Listen, even though I think the forefathers were a little nuts, and I'm like, man, you were owning slaves, and but you were saying, we hold these truths to be self-evidence that all men were created equal. Yes. They were hypocrites, but it doesn't mean that document wasn't damn good. <laughs> document was good. That document was one of the most well-written documents. When you read it, it is like, it is literally putting the, the we the people, but it's literally an angry document. It's a good document for the people to say, you don't trust these people in government. You don't trust us. We came, we came from... We came from uh, out of from out of out of a, a out of a um, a monarchy. We're shaking off the, uh, the 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 kings and 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 queen theory. Okay, we're rebelling against all that. We're our own sovereignty. We're our own nation. We're a nation of people by people. I mean, it's crazy. It's rebellious. So how could anybody not think of America? Anything true revolution that's going to come in America is going to be somewhat kind of rebellious. I mean, today, if just think about it, if the stock market crashed, Americans are going to be out here acting a fool. Okay? They'll be out here at these they banks. They, Americans will act differently. Okay? Now, we've been kind of dumbed down. I think what happened, I think the only reason we didn't lose it during COVID, and we did at first, because first, remember, people were protesting out in front of governor's houses, they were they was losing it. People was going. I mean, people was going off during COVID. But what they did, I always thought was smart, is they they would say, okay, we're gonna have just two weeks in the house, and that's it. Then everybody can get back out. Then they add on another two weeks, and then they add on a bunch of distractions and all kind of stuff happening. Then the riots and everything like that. You were so distracted by everything going on. <laughs> that Americans didn't realize what was happening to them by the time, you know, because I think part of that was done to calm the American psyche because if Americans, you couldn't tell Americans you're going to stay in the house for six months at that time. Now you could, but you couldn't back then tell them straight up six months in the house, they would have probably tore up Washington. 
but they did not do they Spachi and them did it in segments and they uh and there's still some cities didn't like Texas, some states and stuff didn't take Texas didn't go. Texas and Florida was like, yeah with that. But 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 they did it in in such ways that were slow and methodical. So that they could they could lull the American people into going with it. And by the time we looked around and we realized what happened to us, then they were having so many things. We were so we got used to uh mandates. And I was like, once they did that, we there was no there will never be a turning back. Never. We 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 opened the doors to really bad things, I think. Just like he did during nine eleven, I think. In the name of trying to stay safe, we uh, opened the doors to crazy laws and stuff like that. So very interesting. Um, this thing about Fauci, not surprised there. Okay, all right. So next story, y'all. And oh, the water. We got to talk about the water in Mississippi before I get to Angela. <laughs> but the water in Mississippi, man. Oh man. Okay. Uh, where are we at? And this is sad because, you know, the water shouldn't be bad in Mississippi when you're literally taking in in state uh, illegal immigrants who people who are breaking the law and you're spending money, billions, millions of dollars, and you your own the own, your own people in Mississippi can't get decent drink decent water. What is going on in America that that is happening? That is absolutely crazy, okay? But it's it's, it's real and it's happening again. Uh, let's see, put it out here. I'm trying to get this story up, y'all. Okay. Okay. They said, um, it says, this is from uh, ABC News. Boyle notice lifted for Jackson, Mississippi after E. coli's here. But not only that, there were people on social media showing um, showing their uh, showing. Oh God, do I get the sound off? Hold on. Okay, there were people on 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 um, in, on social media showing their bathrooms trying to fill up water, and the water would still be black. Crazy. But it says a boil notice for Jackson, Mississippi has been lifted the day after the state health department told residents that routine water samples tested positive for E. coli. The Mississippi State Department of Health said that the move was done in accordance with environmental protection agency regulations. Ted Henson, Jackson's interim water manager, had refuted the findings, saying that they caught off guard. They caught us off guard and suggested that the state's lab results could be a false positive. This is setting us back maybe a year. It's taking everything we can do to get a few more people in the city to drink tap water and have trust in it. I wouldn't trust it. Not some of the stuff I was seeing coming out of people's in paper bathroom. Okay, this is my personal opinion. But it says Hempson said at a news conference on Thursday, according to the Associated Press, Hempson was also appointed third party manager of the Jackson Water System by a federal judge in 2022 amid water crisis in Mississippi's capital city that left residents without easy access to clean water for days and sometimes weeks at a time. Um, Jackson Water uh, said in a statement Friday that the repeat testing of the samples confirmed E. coli was not present in the water system and that the initial test was likely a false positive. 
The Mississippi State Department of Health said its public health laboratory reviewed lab protocols and the results were not false positive. In spite of all allegations made by the city of Jackson Water Supply, the Mississippi State Department of Health stands behind the initial test results that indicated the presence of E. coli in the city, uh, city of Jackson County surface water, the health department said in a press release Friday. Upon review, all evidence supports that these test results were true positive, okay? Uh, listen, there is so much going on. Um, this is sad that, you know, see, and listen, I don't, listen, let me just show you, because, you know, you're already hearing about the water crap stuff in San Francisco and about how San Francisco, uh, I mean, California, and the water issues going on there. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we, we start having water situations. Um, this is something people are going to have to start looking out for. Um, I don't know what is going on with America where we're becoming more third world, okay? But it is what it is, okay? And it's sad being you got a whole city yet complaining about water. Okay, this is just this I mean, really nuts. Okay, this week, a celebrity food critic with 15.6 million uh, abandoned Bay Area trip because it's too dangerous. Says crime-ridden San Francisco and Oakland are filled with tents. This is according to Daily Mail. Says a TikTok celebrity food critic has cut their short short his trip to the Bay Area due to shocking shocking safety concerns as he claims San Francisco and Oakland are filled with tents and burnt out cars. Keith Lee, who has 15.6 followers on TikTok, announced on Thursday that he would abandon the anticipated trip citing unsafe conditions and less than stellar food choices. Uh, the Bay Area food tour is officially over prematurely, Tech Creator said before explaining the three major reasons behind the decision. He added, I truly don't believe the Bay Area is a place for tourists right now. The people of the Bay are just focusing on surviving. The amount of tents and living structures and burnt-out cars that we saw people living in was shocking, to say the least. Just from the outside looking in, it don't seem like it was much city interference. Oh, Lord. Okay. It says the, uh, he says the available food in the Bay Area was not also up to standard, he said, explaining that he went to six food spots and he decided not to, not to review because he had nothing constructive to say. He said, I've always been big on honesty. I've always I'll always be big on transparency. But I'll never but I've never been big on completely tearing down anybody. And I feel like those six videos were only doing that. Lee claimed that if he can't post the videos, he will lose the money he invested on the trip. Finally Lee shared that he was hospitalized after suffering an allergic reaction to the food that he was served in the Bay Area. He claimed that he asked the restaurant to clean the grill after seeing shellfish, but that the but that he blew up like a balloon after eating his meal. Lee, I had previously uh, claimed that he was not concerned about a trip to the Bay Area, posted TikTok where he shared social media comments showing people warning him about the safety here. Okay, this is bad. This is another American city that is turning into a third world country. I tell y'all, I don't know what, listen, American people better wake up. You have, listen, you have a, you're having mass illegal immigration, okay? 
You don't know who you're getting. It's not racist towards, and listen, I know people saying, oh, this is racist. You're being racist towards the immigrant. No, I'm not. They're breaking the law. And it's, 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 and they're breaking the law only to come over here in America and to be exploited by the this system because they're going to be exploited because these, these places want them to work for cheap and all this stuff. Now, America has a problem with what Americans first have a problem with, free labor. Now it's cheap labor, okay? Trying to give up, trying so you know uh, we got to get rid of that 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 energy. But now, uh, but having uh, these people are coming from all from different places, and we don't know if these countries have literally emptied out their jails. You don't know what's going on, okay? And it's not that it's just that it's not, and I don't blame illegal. It's not just illegal immigration. It, it's that that Americans aren't paying enough attention. To what's going on? There's not enough outrage for what's going on. That uh, that you know we just let these things go, and before we look and we wake up, we're gonna be living in a different place. I mean, San Francisco, which is once one of the most beautiful places in you know people want to visit all in the world. Can now now is somebody saying it's no longer uh, valuable? Not no longer it's crazy. It's not safe to visit the hell we better wake up okay because we got these politicians that are selling us down the river okay selling us out for something okay and it's it's something to destroy what it looks like to me the infrastructure of america so that's really i, I thought that was a crazy story when i heard that i was like oh my god that but i, I saw it with my own eyes okay so yeah a mess all right um, let's talk about Angela. Oh, Angela Rye. Okay, so if Chris Como called humiliated CNN staffer Tinsel Crotch, and she claims network actor after confronting him. This is page six, according to page six. Okay, so the former CNN contributor says Chris Como put her through an embarrassing and humiliating experience and may have cost her her job at the network. Angela, I don't believe that's what cost you your job. Still keep going. Angela Rye, who appeared regularly as a guest on the former CNN's anchor Cuomo Primetime, claims she was stunned when Cuomo responded to a bikini-clad photo she posted on New Year's Day 2021 by saying, Happy New Year's, Tinsel Crotch. Rye said when she didn't reply to him, Cuomo offered her exciting new career opportunities, seemingly to smooth things over after the New Year's message. But when she confronted Cuomo about his bikini comment, CNN ended her contract. Now she says she believes Cuomo may have had her fired over the debacle. The attorney and the commentator made the claims in the premiere episode of her iHeart podcast, Native Land Pond, which she co-hosts with Tiffany Cross. That's it, Tiffany Cross and Andrew Gilliam, okay? Okay. So I just feel like we should listen to Angela. I see the picture. Tinsel crotch is funny, but it was a really distasteful joke (laughs) that he should not have been saying in this Crime it, okay? Uh, let's um, uh, let me see if I can pull up for y'all so we can listen to Angela uh, tell the story, okay? Um, she, you know, where we at here? Where's that? Where's that? Y'all, y'all know how to, I be having the child here, okay? How are we at? Okay, I think I haven't got it up yet. I'm going to find it. 
I think it'd be interesting to listen to for us to listen to. I'd rather y'all hear it. Mm-hmm. Let's see, do we have it? We have it. I know it's on here somewhere. See, guys, I hate when I'm quiet with you guys. I'm trying to look for the, um, uh, I'm trying to look for it. I just had it up, and I don't know, I lost it. Ah, you can hear it. But anyway, here's what I will have to say about that. I mean, I don't, you know, know if I think it was, um, I don't know. I mean, like sexual harassment. I think it was a really distasteful joke. But I just feel like sometimes people, you know, I don't know. There are some things, I mean, that you can discuss, in my opinion, with a person. And I don't know. I just felt like maybe, you know, I'm from the old school. So I feel like maybe she she took it too, uh, took it, it was taken too bad. Yes, it was a full joke. Yes, it was not right. It wasn't very. Uh, it was. A, it. But what? I don't think it was sexual. I would. I don't know if I would say it was sexual harassment. I mean, you know, that's just me. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I mean, I don't know what y'all would think. I just think that it was very distasteful. You know, some people. Um, like when, even I remember I, when I worked at a job, I I had uh, some people. Oh, here it is. Okay, I think I got it up. Some people would um, say things and joke with each other, and then they would play around so much. And then I remember once we had this situation where these two, I had two people on my on my at my job, and they were always playing. I was one of the managers. I knew it was going one day end in disaster because they were always playing with each other. And one day when the guy said something back to her, because the girl would say something, and she got so upset, and she claims it was sexual harassment. Now, if I had not always heard them talking and bantering, I had to come in and say, no, 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 no. That was, is it really sexual harassment? Because he could say the same thing to you. You guys constantly play that way. You constantly talk to each other that way. Now, when he says something you don't like, now you want to say it's sexual harassment, but you opened the door. I'm not saying that she opened the door. I'm saying that it, it was a situation I felt that could have been handled by them without using the sexual harassment thing. It was crazy. It was it was literally crazy to be in and listen to it because I didn't think it was at all. I think he was it inappropriate what he said. Yes, but she had said inappropriate things to him. So it's really crazy. So I don't know. I don't know what kind of office thing Angela and them were dealing with, but. I still found it interesting. But let's listen to Angela talk about uh, this story in her own words, okay? Let's listen here. Darling of the network and one of the most influential hosts during Jeff Zucker's tenure was texting me about a segment idea he had for his primetime show. Chris Cuomo was suddenly excited about a prominent regular role for me where I would check the left. Truthfully, I had my doubts on the genuine nature of this idea. Our on-air conversations and chemistry became something viewers look forward to. But Cuomo came up with this particular segment idea after a text exchange that went woefully wrong. I need this, I thought. 
a network exec had already told me they didn't see it and said, Happy New Year, Tinsel Crotch. Stunned, I read and reread the message a dozen times, trying to understand. If I somehow brought this on myself, since whatever you post on social is fair game, right? I teared up, like now, then the tears flowed. I felt like the safest place I had on a show on CNN had been compromised. I ignored it. I've never publicly shared this, but it is my truth. Okay. So she had posted a picture, and, you know, it was tinsley, okay? And he said an inappropriate joke. Hello, tinsel crap. I mean, hey, tinsel. <laughs> you know, I understand how she could be, like, like taken aback by that, but crying? I mean, girl, Angela, first of all, you a Scorpio. I know. Listen, you're Angela. You are. You going to see. Anyway, n- never mind. I can't. That's a personal. That's Scorpio. That's Scorpio. I, I'll leave that long. Okay? That's Scorpio. Don't fool me. Okay. Was it inappropriate? Yes. But not to be crying, Angela. I mean, not to be on here. Like, y'all got to get tougher. I mean, I'm not saying you got to take anything, but you sometimes you be like, well, you got, what are you saying? You man, are you, are you, hold up now, or whatever, you know. But I don't think he was meaning it to be sexual with you. I think he was joking about the outfit. This is how we going to start off our podcast, y'all. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just, maybe, am I wrong? I'm sorry, y'all. Am I wrong? Am I taking it too? I mean, I'm like, really? Are we really, like, this is really what we doing here? I just didn't think, I thought it was not, She. it was too much. Okay? I'm sorry. I hate to be mean. I don't want to sound mean. But, yeah, I understand her being upset, but it was just like, I thought it was a lot. Okay, just thought it was very, I mean, just a lot, okay? So very interesting there, okay? Uh, I just wanted to play that. Y'all, don't make me, sorry if I'm laughing, Angela, and I'm being, uh, uh, in, in, what is it, uh, inconsiderate of what you went through. Okay. Uh, TJ Holmes admits he could easily go through 18 drinks a day. Says he and Amy... Robot spent $3,000 on alcohol in December. Whoa. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. What y'all doing? What you doing? TJ, TJ, you already drinking. <laughs> the pair began opening up about how many drinks they were really having, and while Amy's weekly numbers of bedrooms are certainly high, TJ's number is even more shocking. I am certainly somebody who right now in, in years past needs to reexamine my relationship with alcohol. And that's what we're doing, Holmes said, as he explained their decision to participate in dry January. <laughs> Robot said that her alcohol intake was over 30 drinks a week. Shit. Really? Before making that lifestyle change. That is, a, this is, that is appalling to me. That is embarrassing to me. That is not what I wish I were, she said, going on the note that her boyfriend's alcohol intake was jaw-dropping and not possible. I could easily go to 18 drinks a day, Holmes admitted. 18 drinks a day? The shit? Okay, you just walking around fucking drunk. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Amy. Oh, my God. Amy, Amy, Amy. 
Amy. Oh my God, Amy. He he needs rehab. If he's taking eighteen drinks a day, eighteen drinks a day, eighteen. Did he say eighteen a day? Oh, he said eighteen a day. TJ said eighteen a day. Damn, damn. Are you okay? Do you like Amy, TJ? Now TJ said, "Shit, I ain't got no job. I lost my job." Hey, funny. I'm sorry, TJ. I should not be laughing. Listen, wait a minute. 18 drinks. A, I would think that somebody don't even like me if they drink 18 drinks a drink. If a man is around me every day and he got to drink 18 drinks to get to the to get to the motherfucking day, I'd be like, listen, you don't like me, dude. Because, listen, you drinking that much, you just don't like my company. <laughs> What the hell's going on here? Do you like me? <laughs> and y'all already got together, suspect. Let me see. Is it? Let me see. Is it? Oh, here, Jake. It's a video. Oh, here, them talking. Oh God, I got fired. Let me see. Is it where he's talking? About? Okay. Let's see. Is this the one with the drinking? I said no. I, I said yes. talking about their drinks and how much a day they had. Listen, okay, listen. I, I'm going to say this. They got good chemistry. Can I say that? Damn, I understand how. I, I kind of see how it happened. They got great on here chemistry. I might watch this damn show. Shit. <laughs> they said they got four marriages between them. Okay, so you know they with the shit, okay? Listen, I'm, I, this isn't a situation. Can I just say this? Let me just say this, okay? I don't know. Kim having 18 drinks a day and all this stuff. You know, I don't know if this is a situation where they just, you know, because sometimes you get situations. And listen, I know people get mad at me when I say this on the show. People be like, ah, oh, crap, are you trying to be for people, playing on um, people? No, I'm not. Sometimes people are in relationships and they're not dogs. They're not mean or they're not this and that. They're not mean people. They just sometimes the relationships they have are not working out and they end up falling in love with somebody else in the course of being in another relationship, okay? Or they end up loving two people or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It happens. Shit. Y'all act like it can't happen. That shit can happen, okay? And they, and sometimes the people are not mean, and they ain't out here all hooing. 
Like, you know, like, TJ, though, in the situation with TJ, though, from what's been said, I'm a little leery. <laughs> Plus, he's got to have 18 drinks and stuff. I'm got to have 18 drinks and stuff. Hey, we got 18 drinks a day. TJ got to drink 18 drinks to get through the bit. Don't need a dry January, okay? Girl, you need to see if he really likes you when he's sober. Like, if I'm always around a man, he always drunk. Every time he sees me, like, he's drunk. That's what he, that's the only thing. I got to be drunk to mess around with. I'm like, what? Well, this is an experience. Why would you have to be drunk? <laughs> Why would you have to be drunk to, 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 and miss the experience of me? And me, why would I have to be drunk to miss the experience of you? Seriously? I could come with my own, you know, uh, a <laughs> Not that I don't want to drink or not. You don't want to say, like, I can't have a drink. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But 18 drinks? Like, I need 18 drinks to do this. <laughs> you don't like me. You don't like me. Hey, do you like you? <laughs> Did you give up your marriage and shit? He don't like you. I don't know, Amy. I'm, a, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. But y'all do got chemistry. Remember, it's five-year average with you. I think you know that, though. I think Amy is here for the ride. Now, sometimes people are here for the ride. I said it before. Sometimes people are here for the ride with you, and they're going to enjoy every minute of it, okay, because it's so good. It's so it's so decadent and, all, and, good, to, and, and good at the same time as everything, and you just say, I know it ain't going to last. I enjoy the ride. That's <laughs> why I think I was at. 18 drinks a day, as you got. Let me stop. Okay, y'all, we got to go break. Oh, my Lord. 18 drinks a day? Really, TJ? I mean, she said 30 a week. That's a lot. But 18 a day? My God. Okay, let me get it. <laughs> okay, that's a lot, okay? That's a lot, a lot, a lot. Right, that's a lot. <laughs> all right, all right, they need a dry, they need a dry January, okay? Okay, so when we come back, we're going to get into some more news and everything. Oh, my God, I'm just still shocked at that one, okay? Uh, we're going to talk about Elon Musk warning to New Yorkers, uh, Fanny out here in these streets and got caught up, okay? Uh, you know, the Democrats were gassing her up, child. And they're going to talk about these rich people not being able to tell amen since I hope I get to that. I don't know if I'm going to get to that. And we got to get to... Um, what else did we talk about? Um, I'm trying to think. We got to talk about Diddy and y'all thinking Diddy having something to do with Tupac. And um, we're going to talk about um, uh, what else? Oh, Kelly Price this week, Chad. Kelly Price going off this week. We got to talk about her. And the new Luther uh, documentary that's coming, and Larsa Pippen, she Larsa's always giving, okay, <laughs> about her sex life, okay. What she says, how many times a night she says her and Marcus Jordan get down, okay. So be honest, Larsa be doing a lot, okay. She be busy. I don't know how you can get up in the morning, girl. 
<laughs> it's the CC show, y'all. We're going to take a break. I'll be back in a row. I don't know what. Wait, wait, I'm taking a break, but I don't know what I'm taking a break with. What did I say? What am I taking a break? What song am I taking a break with? Child, I do not know. I be telling y'all I'm taking a break. And we don't even have the song up. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a break real quick, and we're going to listen to Double Captain of Her Heart. I love that song. It's the CC Show. I'll be back in a moment, okay? Day for the captain of the heart. 
day came up, she made the start to stop waiting another day for the captain of the heart.
the very best in government, politics, celebrity entertainment, music news. Tune into the Carlotta Chatwood Show right here on Block Talk Radio. All right, what's up, y'all? I am back on the CC Show. We're doing late night hot topics, uh, just talking about different stuff of the weekend, different hot topics. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> What was that? <laughs> oh, that was a lot of Richie, and you are the son. You are the right. Listen, I've been on a lot of Richie kicks. Just, like, sometimes I go in the line of, like, 80s kicks. I love, okay, some of my favorite music is 80s uh, classic rock and 80s pop. <laughs> I love it. Oh, especially 80s. Like, the other night I was listening to a, a heart uh, 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 alone. What's the song? Um the old song by Hart, uh, I was like, oh, my God, I love me some Hart. Okay, so I was supposed to be, I'd be trapped sometime in the 80s. <laughs> I love that, like, the courteous 80s stuff, right? And Lionel Richie has been a Lionel Richie type of week for me, okay? So I've been listening to a lot of uh, Lionel out here in these streets, okay? It is the CC Show. I'm back. I'm Carlotta. For those of you who are new and listening, uh, we are talking hot topics. Uh, we just got to talk about TJ Holmes. And let me see who else is up next, what I need to talk to y'all about, okay? Okay, let's talk about Puffy this week, okay? Y'all want to give Puffy a break, okay? What's the deal? Sun, Sun UK, is saying there's an explosive audio claiming Sean Diddy Combs orchestrated Tupac Shakur's hit for a million dollars giving his evidence in Keithy D trial, okay? Uh, it says, uh, this is according to the Sun, it says, uh, bombshell audio recordings alleged that P. Diddy was a central figure in the assassination of Tupac Shakur have been submitted to court as evidence as part of the rapper's murder case. Tupac's murder suspect, Dwayne Keithy D. Davis, boasts about Diddy allegedly offering him a million for the rapper's assassination in a chilling two-hour and 25-minute secret police interview, which has been obtained by the U.S. Sun. Okay? It says, uh... The recording made in 2008 LAPD interview has become available because of Las Vegas prosecutors have entered the tape as a key play piece in the evidence uh, in the murder trial. Keithy 60 appears to be laughing and joking with police about Diddy orchestrating Tupac's killing in September of 1996. Disturbingly, in the tape, Keithy, without any firm evidence, alleges that he oversaw the fatal shooting of the ghetto gospel star on the request of Diddy in the mid-1990s. Diddy, he repeatedly told the officers on the tape, wanted a rival record label, Bob Stigmate, his top performance artist, Tupac Dead, has a war of words, broke out during the East-West Coast rap war. Keithy, who was charged with Pac's murder in September, says in the tape that Diddy now 54 declared, man, I'm going to get rid of these dudes. The former cops and Crip apparently insisted that the million dollars reward be proposed by Diddy, who has publicly dismissed claims he was involved in the shooting of Tupac and Sugar's nonsense. Prosecutors submitted the audio file to demonstrate Keithy's apparent confessions about being a key figure in the murder, but in many uh, sections, he makes unsubstantiated allegations about Diddy being known as Puffy. On the tape, Keithy openly boasted about growing close to Diddy during owner of Bad Boy and global music superstar through mutual friend and gangster Eric Zip Martin. He also tells LAPD officer Greg Cadding how Puffy discussed his hatred of night and to the Crip gang members who were covering his security detail after a concert in Anaheim, California. 
Kishi said shit. He said he would give us anything for those big kids, you know? <sighs> okay. Um, pressed by Caden, Kishi delivered to his version of events surrounding the discussion at a downstairs uh, section of Green Black's Deli in the recording. Kiki alleges on the tape that Puffy said, man, I want to get rid of those things. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. Speaking, now he had to be, I'm not saying Diddy couldn't possibly have done it, but Diddy is a Virgo moon, Scorpio sun. Uh, I forget what his rising. Diddy is probably going to be very careful who he fucking, even in the 90s, who he's fucking discussing a murder with. I don't believe Diddy would be this messy. What to say too? Listen, this is probably your all about. But you you saying, hey, the shit lasted for. Listen, now the only way I can believe this a little bit, if the Scorpio went to somebody so unbelievable like Keithy, that he knew it wouldn't be believed for many years. Maybe that's what he was doing. But I just don't believe Diddy would be this messy. I don't even believe Diddy. There was no reason for him to go after Tupac Shakur. If he did this puppy, this was not smart. If you if you decided that you were going to, I'm drinking. You guys hear me pouring? I'm pouring and drinking. But if you if you if you decided to go after him at that time, I don't know why you were the bigger deal at the time. I mean, it was almost like death row at that time and ran its course, kind of. Uh, it was still big, but Bad Boy was the up and coming really big thing. Okay, bigger at the time coming up than Death Row. Why would he do that? I don't understand. What's the no? There seems to be no motive. That's because he didn't like the war of words. I just don't believe that. And I just the Scorpio. I'm not saying he couldn't possibly have done it, but I just feel like. Scorpios, we're, if, we're going to be more careful than that. <laughs> and we're not going to get a big mouth to do it. Because we wouldn't trust them. We wouldn't trust them to get done. We think they the people hear them coming on the way. I don't believe Puffy is just dumb. But maybe he is. Kiki alleges on the recording that Diddy called Zip, who handed the cell phone over and asked, was that us? When he responded, yes, Kiki claimed he was happy. The gangster alleges that he never received any money for the shooting, and Zip apparently said Puffy hasn't paid him yet, even though an acquaintance alleged that Zip secretly pocketed the cash. Kiki ended up in prison, so was unable to pursue his alleged claim with Diddy, and Zip died in 2012, four years after the police interview. Throughout the tape interview, Kiki appeared unremarkable about his confession of orchestrating the rap icon's murder, often laughing about his gangster lifestyle. Uh, now, but Kiki now has maintained he's not guilty of Tupac's murder, which carries a potential life sentence. Uh, the recordings were discussed at a bail hearing on Tuesday where Kiki was granted bail for 750000 without house monitoring. The tape being submitted has evidence that the latest stream of controversy for hip-hop mogul Diddy. He's been accused of sexual abuse and assault. Listen, I believe Diddy is crazy when it comes to sex. He's a Scorpio. Intensity, all that stuff. If he feels it, maybe, you know, he gets nuts. I don't know if his Virgo moon would he be that crazy? I don't know. You steep astrologers out there, I don't know. He's got just a lot of other things to do to look at your chart and stuff. 
what would make him do something so stupid? Because, like, I would see no point. Like, you know, especially at the time, he, you know, you know, you can see those the death row was probably on its way out. So I, I have a hard time believing that Diddy uh, went after Tupac. I just, I don't know. I don't know if I believe that story. But very interesting one, though. Alexa, I'm not saying it's not possible, though. Alexa VA Fannie Willis subpoenaed to testify in divorce case for colleagues she had an affair with. Has they prosecuted former Trump president, President Trump in the election interference case? This is from uh, Daily Mail. It's saying uh, Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis was allegedly in an improper romantic relationship with a private lawyer, Nathan Wade. The bombshell allegations were made in a filing by one of the former president's co-defendants and previous campaign official, Michael Roman. Willis has now been handed a subpoena to testify in the divorce proceedings of Wade and his wife, Jocelyn Wade, according to the Wall Street Journal. Okay? says, uh, Willis was allegedly in, in, in a proper romantic relationship with the private lawyer uh, who was paid more than 600000 has a special prosecutor assisting her office sprawling probe of Trump. Oh, girl, you, uh-uh, you done paid him? He was messing Oh, Lord. Alleged efforts to overturn Georgia election. She's trying to get, like, Kwame out in these streets, okay? Ask Kwame Kilpatrick about uh, what happened with him with that affair stuff. And, y'all, wow. It says, uh, Willis has now been handed a subpoena to testify in the divorce proceedings of Wade and his wife, Jocelyn, according to a court filing seen by the Wall Street Journal. It could clarify details about their alleged relationship and the district attorney could be asked about the process that led to Trump's prosecution. The process server who delivered the subpoena, which was filed by Jocelyn's lawyer, said he left with Willis. He left it with Willis's executive assistant. It was served on Monday, hours before Roman filed a motion, which pointed to allegations of misconduct by the district attorney and Wade that included improper, clandestine personal relationships during the pendency of this case. Mm-mm-mm. The subpoena document did not include details on the line of questioning Willis might face. The public court filing, filing which seeks the dismissal of charges against Roman alleges Willis was in a personal relationship with Wade. It doesn't provide documentary, uh, documentary proof of the allegations. It states that the sources close to both the special prosecutor and the district attorney have confirmed they had an ongoing personal relationship. Uh, the motion states that the gravity of these allegations now, the instant motion is not filed lightly, nor is it being filed without consideration for thought, research, or investigation, according to the filing. Nonetheless, the motion must be heard as the issue is raised here and strike the heart of the fairness in our justice system. And if left unaddressed and unchecked, threaten to taint the entire prosecution, invite error, and completely undermine public confidence in the eventual outcome of this proceeding. Uh, it states that the pair engaged in a personal romantic relationship that has ultimately yielded substantial income to the special prosecutor. Ooh, this is not good. The filing makes a reference to a sealed divorce filing for the married uh, special prosecutor, but then goes on to make a claim based on other information. Ooh, traveling together. They was traveling together to place in Washington, D.C., New York City might make sense for work purposes in light of other pending litigation. But what work purpose could only be served to travel to this traditional uh, vacation destination? They went to the Caribbean, child. 
making sure they go back home because they need to be back home, okay? This is must double down writing. They run out uh, hotel rooms or kicking kids out of schools for illegal housing. Now they want your home, too. This was in response to a list of tip sharing a screenshot of August 9, 2023, article by Boston 25 News with the headline, Governor Haley asked residents to house migrant families in their growing shelter crisis. In Massachusetts, Governor Mara Healy, who declared a state of emergency over crisis, had asked the residents to consider sponsoring migrant families by hosting them in their homes as the state shelter system reached capacity, according to the outlet. And that's crazy. You know why? The, one of the reasons it's crazy is because um, sanctuary cities, you are supposed to have money in the coffers and stuff to already deal with this. And Biden should be ashamed of himself because it's thousands and thousands of people, millions crossing that border, and you don't know who the hell they are. Bad. This is terrible. Really bad, okay? Um, a lot of people got mad at Elon Musk at that, about this, but I don't think so at all. I, think, I don't think he's off at all. Because you have, um, even in Chicago, I mean, a governor talking about, you know, he's the mayor, talking about he didn't know if he was going to lift city taxes because of migrants. So you ask him, people, legal people to pay for people who have broken the laws, illegal immigrants? No. I don't think that's right, and I don't think that's fair. So it's a lot of craziness happening, okay, and not looking out for the citizenship. So this is very... Uh, interesting what Elon Musk says. I'm not surprised about it. And um, I wouldn't say that's not that's not that's a, a, not a, a possibility at one in one time or, or something, especially in a lot of the liberal cities. Okay, but it says Atlanta Black Star. This is from Atlanta Black Star. This week, Kelly Price, honey. Now, if y'all never saw the Divas show, R&B Divas, okay. And y'all don't know how crazy Miss Kelly Price can get, okay? When I saw R&B Divas, it actually put me into shock about Miss Kelly. I was like, what? Miss Kelly is wild, okay? But it says, um, Kelly Price, says, this is from Atlanta Black Star, it says, Kelly Price's foul, foul mouth tyrant leads to explosive allegations about Sunday best judges, fornicating, and other alleged scandalous behavior. Okay, before claiming gospel singers and preachers, she has worked with are leading sinful and secular lives, including some trying to get in bed with her. Kelly Price commented on her defense as the host of BT Sunday Best Show. Child Price appeared as a judge on BT's award-winning gospel competition show for 12 episodes from 2019 to 2020, alongside celebrity judges Erica Campbell, Jonathan McReynolds, Kayla Richardson, and host Coach Franklin. However, according to Price, she was the only judge or mentor working on the series who wasn't engaged in illicit sexual activity. What? <laughs> um, she dropped a bombshell while calling out Meta for pulling down something she posted on their platform. In reply to a person named that classy queen, Five, who cracked a remark about her dropping a dime, on the eels of each of the church entertainment industry, the former death jail singer clapped back with the wrath of of the rapture. Okay, they said, it said, um, uh, she said, I was going to say this is 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 this Sunday, 
this is somebody reading on Twitter says, Is this Sunday best judge gospel singing Kelly Price? Phew, Lord deliver us. And Kelly says back to her, Yes, Lord, deliver us from pastor hoes and pedophiles. Deliver us from self righteous Congress Congress and we send us send their money to liars and pimps in plain sight. They come to deliver me. The nerve you have, I was the only artist judge on Sunday's death that wasn't fucking someone else's spouse. Fornicating or messing with uh, with kids or boys, but you ha- you have started here, you ignorant church going brain dead asshole. I'm a child of a preacher, three plus generations. I have no desire to be named among. Uh, what she say? Yeah, she's going on. I have no child uh, uh, desire to be named among the gospel community. Wonder why? You don't, because you already know what it is, and uh, and are content to be a part of the cover up. Um, that have been happening for generations. My advice is be off the page now or prepare to have me tell you a new one every time uh, you are stupid enough to come for my page. Woo, Lord, she went, oh, okay, listen, Cal. Okay, so Kelly went, she, um, when you see Sunday school was open and she continued to let to let have right and the nerve of you. Got rid of that part. Um, many questions. Her fit in the gospel show when she was cast because she was recognized as an R&B pop singer. However, the Sunday's best producers and her colleagues recognized her deep roots in the church and thought it would be a good addition. Uh, let's see. Somebody said, one person wrote, let me find out Kelly Price is a new cat Williams. Uh, the pettiness did not set their price. also shared a screenshot of Queen T's Instagram page noting her 108 followers in her bio, which features a quote that had beautifully made, I always take the high road and stay classy, got it good. By no means was Price, Price taking her advice. Senior Cashier, please like, follow, and share if you can find her music anywhere online. By She's looking for attention, so let's give her some. What? She continued in her comment section writing, and for this, and for this person and anyone else out there who is like her, you don't get to harass people. And then they respond in kind, report them to have their pages struck or their comments removed. He had a bad, a big one. What was she talking about? And if you're really not about that life, shut your mouth because your Twitter fingers and your Instagram attitude is going to get you caught up in ways that you're not ready to deal with one day. Oh, Lord. Fans seem to crack up at the stunt. Um, listen, okay, you just outed everybody uh, allegedly that was on uh, <laughs> on Sunday best All of the judges She said well none of y'all faithful Every last one of y'all except for her Okay um, And Lord to hear the tape No to hear it live To hear Kelly I ain't got the Do we got the audio of Kelly talking Oh my god we need to have Kelly Price a lot The audio The audio it's, it's nothing Let me see if I got the It's nothing like hearing the audio Oh my god she was, she was going off let me see if I can find it. Okay, let me see y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see, Kelly Price. Let's find it. Let me see if I can find it. I got some. Okay, let's see if we can hear something like this. Okay. It's called the discography. Before I ever had an album, this dumb 
is too nice of a word for you. I am 30 plus years in this business. And I have watched my fellow artists suffer and die trying to get what they deserve while they watch less talented people of a different skin color get the things that they deserve because of their talent that has been God-given. I don't expect that this life, I really don't expect that this life is going to be powerful enough to make the change that needs to be made, but I feel like I'm doing my part to let you do is threaten me and make me feel like because you think I'm a church girl that you're going to kick my ass. I have a nice surprise for you and it's not going to end the way you think it is. All you people with your private pages so I can't see who you are, where you're from, and where you look from, today's been a long day. I really, really, in real life, did not feel well. I I actually spent all day in bed. The only times I got up was to talk to my manager, to talk to my lawyer, to talk to my husband, and I went right back to sleep. I checked my messages in between, and I saw the foolery that some of y'all people were sending me, and I went on y'all asses because you deserved it. I'm going to be honest with you. Don't let the church of God in Christ stamp. Don't let the sanctification stamp. Don't let the word of knowledge, don't let the prophetic, and don't let the word that I've hid in my heart so that I won't sin against him fool you. David was a motherfucker. And Saul was a motherfucker. And Peter was a motherfucker. And they were God's beloved. Who tried to get in my bed. That's another story. You won't get it. Emotionally, verbally, I'm going to do what I got to do. I'm going to repent. And I'm going to be all right with God. I'm still going to bust your ass. Okay? I know a lot. I said a lot of things today. I'm not backing off any of them. I'm one of the very few artists who have been able to record and tour with both gospel and R&B artists. And the lives that are lived by the people that you worship are despicable and disgusting. My heart was broken when I saw the things that happened on the road with a lot of these artists. Doing shows with these artists. All kinds of stuff. My heart was broken because it was still a part of me that believed that holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Yeah. Kelly sounds like she got a lot in her cheeks. 
Listen, she was dropping bombs everywhere. Let me just say this, okay? Um, I, I don't know what's going on with Kelly Frank. Remember last year she was missing? Y'all remember she was missing last year for a little bit, a couple of days or whatever was going on there. I don't know what was going on. I'm glad she back. But um, when she had COVID, remember that? You know, and her sister them came on. They didn't know what happened to her. No, but they had everybody worried out here. You about to put bolos out and all kinds of, you know, but everything's all right, okay? Uh, Kelly... I don't know what's going on with her, but it sounds like she's really hurt and everything about the industry. What I will say is this, okay? I grew up around gospel artists, okay? Nope. <laughs> she ain't lying. <laughs> Let's watch. I told y'all church folks see you to say, that's why they in church. Church is a hospital. Church is not a country club, as my pastor used to say back in the day. It is a hospital for sick people, okay? Listen, okay? Yes, she ain't lying about a lot of wild stuff used to happen on the road. Sure, you got to hear my grandma and them tell about their days, okay? Out there on them roads. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling y'all, I grew up around. Right. <laughs> Kelly ain't lying. I ain't trying to be But some of them did. You know, they love the Lord, but they be out here wild. And not all of y'all, but a lot of y'all, okay? It used to be that back in the day, it was so much wild stuff going on, on them roads. Even with gospel singers in the 19, even in the 1950s, 1960s, 1970s, 1980s, 1990s. Wow, shit. <laughs> so she ain't lying on that, okay? And yeah, I, but I don't know if she lied. I don't, man, I don't know about the Sunday best judges. That is a shocker, okay? Because that's Kirk. What's that? Who on there? Kirk Franklin, Erica Campbell. Who was there? It's some popular people. And Kelly's out here dropping teeth in. She was the only loyal poor person up on there. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Thinking, like, what we got to do with it? <laughs> A mess, okay? Kelly is just telling all the business, okay? Kelly's telling everything. <laughs> so you think rock stars is bad? Like, I, the first time I found out gospel artists had groupies, I was in shock. I mean, I was a teenager. I was like, what? <laughs> My grandma was like, please, child. I was like, why did you? Don't be having no groupies. No. Child, I used to go to some of them gospel programs, and the women, they worse than the rock stars. No, no, no. We ain't going to lie. No, it's worse than the No, it's worse than the Maxwell kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's worse than what, sometimes it's worse than what Maxwell going to have on that cruise. <laughs> I hate that. I was, that's the point I hate I was real Because I was like, this is going to be the Cinderella ball on fleet. Like Cinderella ball, like this shit's gonna be that shit's gonna be Cinderella ball. Cause you know he's fine, he's he's really good looking, he's a good looking, fast you know, them women coming. <laughs> I was like, shit, I'm gonna listen to Cinderella ball. This shit's gonna be hilarious. <laughs> but no, nah, it's worth. Listen, the gospel back in the day, I don't know about, but back in the day, like I, they be having gospel programs. My grandparents would be in gospel programs. Some some of the big gospel artists would start becoming. And then I had this, uh, uh, my grandma used to MC a lot and stuff. 
And then my and my uh, my play aunt and all them, they would you see your program took they all sang and did them. Listen, it'd be more groupies there than a little bit, champ. Groupies praising the Lord. <laughs> Oh yeah, they would. And some of these guys were singers. These guys were they would try. They would try talking. I feel famous, child. Listen, one time, who was it? Was it the? Uh, it was the uh, Baptist. It was one of them conventions. They had Kansas City out here. My friend, I had a guy friend who worked at the thing. Well, who told me? He said they had so many porn things that we did. And he was like, so I came down to visit him. We went, um, when we went out to lunch, and he was like, oh, nah. He said, when you left, he said, I had about four preachers walk up to my um, thing trying to see you. I said, you not. He's like, no, I'm not. He said, it's bad. Don't come back down here. <laughs> I'll tell you, that was back in the day. That's how bad. And every female groupies, everything. Listen, like the rock star. More females, and more female groupies. And sometimes in the gospel world, they're not going to have on that boat. <laughs> gospel be real mess. Because gospel, they be in their nice little suits. Yeah, they be unsuspecting. And gospel, you know, at the rock shop, you know, when you go to a uh, got up, you know, R&B and pop, you know, everybody, be, girls be dressed up, be showing it off, you know, they got the boobs up, you know, like, looking sexy, you know, cute and stuff, you know, trying to show out, uh-uh, gospel world, they have big hats on, and they, 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 they shouting, <laughs> and then afterwards, trying to holler, <laughs> shout out to Cedic, <laughs> I'm just telling you, telling you, it's rougher than you or B stores. Think y'all got a lot to do with it? No, 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 no. The gospel dudes got a lot to do with it, especially if they good looking and they love the Lord. They be out there on the road and they, they tell y'all, they will tell y'all. Okay, Kelly, I'm with you on that one, man. I'm I'm gonna back you up 100% on that. I'm not not on the Eric, not on the stuff about Sunday's death. I'm gonna, because I don't know nothing about that. I'm gonna back you up with the gospel artists you out here on these roads foul, okay? Because it'd be groupies. It's a different type of groupies. It'd be unsuspecting groupies. <laughs> they be thinking they only get it in the R&B and hip hop world. No, no, no. Y'all probably don't even get the best groupies. The best groupies is probably in the gospel world. I mean, I used to be good friends with a lot of people in the uh, gospel when I was coming up. And, the, and I have one of my guy friends had a big gospel song on the radio. He was young, teenager at the time. I say, <laughs> and he would just <laughs> he'd be like, it was people coming to the room. I was like, you like, I mean, like crazy. He remade, he remade a big rock song, like, and they made a gospel. I will tell you, and they used to tell me about goofy stuff, and his, 
his his family was in it had a big gospel group, right? And so I I listen, I know and then my grandparents are gospel singers. So I knew I was like my grandfather used to have one like the most one of the popular meal gospel groups in the city. My grandma used to always belong to popular groups, like he was in middle of the years and all kind of stuff. But he he had a group that was so popular. All the women they used to have not only <laughs> uh, uh females when they would come to perform in cities and stuff, so I would travel with them and stuff. They had the not only females would show up. But even gay male goofies too. I'm not gonna lie, I ain't 'cause I always, I always used to laugh. My grandma used to say it's somebody gay up in y'all group 'cause 'cause my um, 'cause my grandmother used to always have a lot of uh, uh, gay male friends because the gospel is a lot always been in the church is gay men. So don't that's not a and so they, they would always tease and stuff because it'd be gay men and women. So they always tease that somebody in group gay because they the men be there too. It would be packed, but women would be off the chain because they was they were younger back then and handsome. They care what they were, they care none of that. <laughs> I say you can't be a mess. I'm just telling y'all. I'm just telling y'all. <laughs> okay, probably the better groupies. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm just kidding. Let me check it. Tell me this. They probably like that no more. But it was back in the day. It was um, it was something else. Okay. All right. Yeah. It was something else. All right. So let me see what else we got to talk about out here. Um. The TJ, what is? I know I got a. I forget what other story I had to tell from y'all. Okay, Jonathan Majors, you know, got dropped from another film, and that is that he was supposed to play Dennis Rodman in a movie. They're saying that he's gotten dropped from that film. I, I mean, I actually think he would have made a great Dennis Rodman. It's too bad that he got dropped from that. I think you know sad situation, okay, but I, and you know, it's sad because I don't think they had enough, to my personal opinion, um, to do that with him, but, you know, hey, it is what it is, okay. Okay, fashion model Beverly Johnson elopes in Las Vegas with longtime boyfriend Brian Malian, they saying, um, she looks good for her age, too. Casey said, congratulations on an order for Beverly Johnson and her long this from Dia Ron Smith, her longtime partner, Brian Mamillion, during her appearance on Series XM Way in the Morning Friday. The iconic supermodel revealed that she and her financier recently tied the knot in Las Vegas last year. Two days before my birthday, I saw with her team. Brian kept saying, what do you want to do for your birthday, Johnson, 71, recall. I sat up in bed on October 11th and said, I know what I want for my birthday. I want to get married. The couple girl adds that million then said okay and she told herself, Did he say did he say okay? Oh shit. Although Melian seventy three won the wedding around fifteen hundred people, Johnson got him to agree to a smaller ceremony and the pair officially became husband and wife two days later. Okay, they've been engaged for a long time, okay? But Beverly Johnson is hope to women because women over a certain age, you know, the man on here out here in these days. You talking about, hey, you, you get some ass train running, don't nobody want to marry y'all. <laughs> you know, you over a certain age or, you know, uh, women, uh, if you get divorced at a certain age or something, you just messed up out in these streets and all this stuff. But listen here, look at her. She got, looks like a well-to-do man. She's 70-some years old. Still looks great. 
and married and finding love and everything. Shout out to Beverly Johnson, okay? There is love. And see, I be telling people, my, my, I have the same, my aunt has the same story. I have an aunt that is older and has the same story, like a love story like that. She's in her, um, I think, late mid-60s or something like that, late 60s. And she has the same kind of love story, okay? She living in right here in the plant line in there where her love and everything. Her love, it's not just for, the, for you, for you, okay? So I don't want older women to feel... Like, you, you, it gets harder, but it's not impossible, okay? So I like that story. I'm glad that we hit, put that, you know, that's on there. Congratulations to her and her culture. Uh, let's see. What is next, y'all? I need to up here. These are stories I haven't hit. Um, did you say about rich people can't sell their mansions? I put that up. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is uh, everybody's in panic mode. This is from MSN.com. Oh, do we have the page up? Mm-hmm. Our money and money via money wise. Okay, so everybody's in panic mode. Ultra-rich Americans have mansions on their hands that they can't get rid of, so they're renting out their luxury L.A. homes for as high as 150000 plus per month. Uh, it says mansion owners in Los Angeles are struggling to unload their luxury properties up against a sluggish housing market, a punitive sales tax, and a uh, dearth of eager buyers. Multi-millionaires in the California city have resorted to renting out their man- mansions for eye-watering sounds per billboard. Entrepreneur Rob DeSantos, co-founder of software company Arivia and angel investor in LinkedIn, is a classic example of this trend. He has put off selling his, his 13,000-square-foot Manhattan Beach waterfront house, which he reportedly listed for a nine-figure sum until the luxury housing market improved. Okay? In the meantime, he has listed seven-bedroom, 12-bath uh, property for rent at a, a whopping 150000 a month for leases of 90 days or less. It's a strategy he believes a hedge that will highlight the value of the property in a much better way for when rich Americans are ready to buy again. Sanders uh, by no means is seeking the cash flow from his luxury property while waiting for the farm to sell. So what's driving the trend? Sluggish property market. Not all luxury property owners live in these mansions full time. They can be second homes, vacation spots, or even investment properties at one time. And we're a good addition to an extensive real estate portfolio. Uh, but they're saying that, uh, especially in California, with that tax that they put on there, the mansion tax, everybody, that it's a lot harder to sell these houses. So it's very interesting. It will be very interesting to see how this is going to go. I even read an article the other day that says that. The down. It was an article about the downsizing of America and how Americans may have to go smaller and stuff like that. So mansions could become, for a little while, uh, not big sellers in the future. So it's really interesting, uh, this trend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll keep looking at that and see what happens. But it's a very interesting, interesting article to read, okay? All right, so what else? we got to get out of it. Get out of it. 
I know I had some insight in terms. Oh, this is sad news. And, you know, just when I heard it, I was like, oh, my God, Yo Gotti's brother, Big Duke, killed in the shooting after attending a funeral in Memphis, child. What are y'all doing up there in Memphis? I mean, what for real? A student in Memphis left Yo Gotti's brother at, this is for a bit, a bit, a box of .com, Big Duke, man's dead and another wounded. TMZ reports the rapper's big brother was shot and killed on Saturday afternoon. Big Duke was outside her, uh, Persian restaurant in the event center on Winchester Road when bullets started flying, and the shooting took place on, on the same block as Joe Gotti's restaurant. Big Duke uh, was rushed to the St. Francis Hospital where he was pronounced dead from his injuries. According to 513, the unknown assailant also shot someone else in the crowd, okay? A private vehicle drove the second victim to St. Francis Hospital, and the identified unidentified man had to be airlifted to Regional One Health, where he remains in critical condition. Oh, my God. Um, there's been a lot of stuff going around about this shooting and how it happened, but some people said they were attending another funeral, and the people who allegedly may have been trying to get to him may have been the funeral. These niggas is the worst going to somebody's funeral. I'm like, oh, Lord. Oh, God. Y'all didn't hear me say niggas. You Negroes are the worst going to somebody's funeral to hunt someone. Just no respect. Whoever's funeral you got, just talk to you in the middle of the night till you go turn your own self into the police. I mean, just disrespectful. I don't care what you think somebody did or what. To go into somebody's funeral space, if that's true, and wait for somebody and hunt somebody, you the worst. I mean, I see what I see. I just said, we people got to, people got to, hold on, hold on. Well, there's there's more people on here talking about it. And they say, you know, I don't know what the situation where he is in, but, uh, Some people believe that there was a connection to young Dolph's death. We don't know that for sure. But are you Negroes the police? I mean, you don't know who you you shooting. You shooting, you might be shot the wrong person. Good investigation. I don't know how many times people done got wrong, stuff wrong in hood investigation. No, 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 no. Because sometimes hood investigations be out. And people be here on the street, you know. So, uh But it's very sad that this you keep seeing these kind of things. Okay, it's just horrible all the way around. It's horrible if he did something too, but uh, we don't know that for sure. Okay, so this is this is a terrible thing. This uh, uh, nuts. Okay, so, uh, prayers for the, the, his family. Okay, let's see how much time we got. Get talk about Luther. Okay, Luther. Uh, they're getting ready to have. Uh, let me see. A documentary on Luther. This is according to the Hollywood Reporter. Luther never too much director on tackling Vandross' legacy and struggles in New Dot. He's the soundtrack to America. Okay, there's an award-winning filmmaker Don Porter who directed the upcoming Luther Vandross documentary. Luther never too much thinks of her favorite song by the legendary singer. She selects so amazing. The timeless track he wrote and produced for Dionne Warwick and later recorded himself. But then she pauses. I think it's hard for me because I'm very attached to some scenes, 
sings right now. She says, if she speaks about any love, Vangelis' uh, autobiographical song about wanting to find the, find the one and the sadness behind being alone. The track tops the R&B charts in the late 80s. It's one of my favorite songs by Luther. And Wait for Love. Oh, my goodness. Let me, let me talk about Wait for Love. That's my Wait for Love. But he was singing that in concert. I'd be like, listen. Whew. It was like a, it was like a religious experience. We used to wait for love. Whew. Lord have mercy, that's what I'm and If only for one night. Started let that let me hold you tight. Oh, I said, Lucy, you better stop. <laughs> hey, listen. So, I, I there's nobody. Listen, no one, not even that. I love you, Snack Walk, but no, Luther is, I will forever, I will forever be, uh, nobody can top Luther. Sorry, I can't give it to Luther. Those were some for love. Uh, uh, one, if only for one night. Bad boy. Where's my, my Luther, all-time favorite Luther song? Oh, my God, it's so many. I don't know. I can't really. Oh, I'm trying to think. I love the remake of Superstar. Ooh. Superstar has special meaning. I love Superstar because I love Karen Carpenter. I'm a big Karen Carpenter fan. So I love her Superstar version too. I think they were the original recordings of Carpenter. Oh, my God, the story is so beautiful because most people, I call it a goofy song. Most people don't know it's kind of like a goofy song. It's about somebody falling in love with a, 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 a singer, like a rock star on the road. And he's like, you know, long ago and oh, so far away, I fell in love with you before the second show. And your guitar, you sound so sweet and clear. Oh, Luther, Luther tells that story like, you know. Body just a little kid, okay? But Luther, when he tells it, and your guitar, you said, and it was nothing like seeing Luther live up close, sing that song, child. You'd be like, listen here. You'd be ready to cry. And your guitar, you sound so sweet here, but you're not really here. It's just the radio. Don't you remember you told me you love me, baby? You said you'd be coming back this way again. Baby, baby, baby. Oh, baby, I love you. Oh, shit. That might be one of my favorites. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got so many new favorites. It's not fair. I can't. I can't pick one. Okay, it's a lot. Okay. Mm. But when he saying "Let me hold you tight," it's only for one night, child. That was it. That's it, right there. Okay, it says um, never too much will premiere at the Sundance. Film Festival on January 21st and arrived nearly 20 years after the eight-time Grammy winner died in 2005 at age 54 after suffering from a stroke in 2003. Porter, who credits include the Lady Bird Diaries, John Lewis, Good Trouble, The Way I See It, Tackles, and Legacy and Influence of the Music World, as well as some of his personal struggles from overeating to his sexuality. She said she got the family's blessing to produce the film and then drove Former label Sony was attached to the project, which meant the director had access to over 80 hours of rehearsal footage and his rich music catalog. She also worked through 150 hours 
of archival, archival, archival footage and more than 2,000 photos, okay? The family is sensitive about some things, and I had a lot of respect for that. But they also had a lot of respect for me as a filmmaker and knew that all the aspects of the story should be told so everybody's happy. She says, uh, the first ever doc about the skill thing, I think they've gotten a lot of pictures, but we seem to hit it off. Um, she said, I'm not interested in doing a commercial. This is not a commercial for Lucas. This is the truth as I discovered it. <laughs> and I like that because that's why I say about Aaliyah. I really don't want nobody to do uh, they get When they do the Aaliyah film, I was like, you know, nobody is, until y'all ready, till everybody's ready to have a come to Jesus, uh, <coughs> excuse me, meeting about who Aaliyah was and not try to make some angel on head, on earth or something like that, you know, because she had her little ups and downs in her short-lived life until they, everybody ready to have that come to Jesus meeting. I don't think nobody should do no documentaries or nothing until people ready to tell living the truth about the situation, okay? That's what I was saying, okay? And don't tell because you can't tell because you know families sometimes it's hard to hear the, the 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 bad with the good and all that but you got to you know but it says uh she says if we had discovered some hard things you talk about the hard things and there are a few hard things he didn't have a perfect life by any means so we addressed all of that but i think i i think for all of us your struggles and how you respond to those struggles that's the story Yes, and Luther, you know, Luther, I heard some stories. Luther, they say it could be messy, but then they said Luther was the sweetest thing. I remember I had just missed him when I worked, I worked Hallmark, I worked at the at Crown Center. And I was, I was going to his show that night. I remember one of his shows, and he was staying over in the Western. And so I, it's a jury place I love to go to, is a cosmetic jury place within the uh, center. And I went down there. I always was going down there, and I went down there to, you know, buy some pieces, buy a couple of pieces for that night. And the lady was looking at me and said, oh, my God, you just missed Luther Vandross. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and she was like, she said, I'm, she said, he just left. Not too big, but he brought so much jury, she said, for his, the women, I guess for the women in his group and everything. But she was saying he was so kind, so nice, so sweet and everything uh, that he wanted to buy more pieces and stuff. But I was like, it was, but it, she, she she had good things to say. And everybody I knew that had met Luther Vandross, I never heard that story about Luther. But it's probably something out there, but I never heard of it. Okay. Uh, so yeah, very interesting. But I did hear some cat, I mean, bad stories about people meeting him personally. But I've heard some catty stories about the industry, though. But uh, interesting. It says, one of those struggles was Vandross' sexuality, which had been the subject of media speculation throughout his career. What's challenging, of course, is that he's not here to speak for himself, and he chose to keep his life, his private life uh, private. On the other hand, I'm not homophobic. I wouldn't want to be homophobic. So we tried to do what uh, do was have the people who loved him, knew him, talk about his desire to be private, and they're saying we're going to respect how he wanted to live his life and what he wanted to say, she said. Uh, that's interesting because, you know, uh, that has always been, I think, a mystery about Lisa Vandross, uh, his sexuality. But I remember one, I took one of my friends, beautiful girl, we went to uh, a concert. She's she very good child, but she's one of my best, one of my best girlfriends. And <laughs> we went to a Luther show, 
And she got up to get something, get a drink or something. She came back and she said, oh, she said, next to me, she said, oh, he's gay. I said, why you say that? She said, because he didn't didn't look at me not once. (laughs) I remember we all laughed so hard. But she was serious in heart attack. And she was beautiful. No doubt. You know, she was gorgeous. But I just think, I was like, that's not a way to think. but But I, just my personal opinion about that is that, uh, Probably so, more than likely. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know I never see. I never. I heard one story with a woman, but I never really heard the woman. I mean, I think there's mystery around certain artists even now today that people say. You know, I don't know how many of my friends uh, tell me uh, talk about people being gay and <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, are bisexual or something like that. Um, I've heard so many stories about people in the industry bisexual. Uh, you know, I don't know if is this, I don't know if there's too many. I don't know, but uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm that that wouldn't surprise me there too. Okay, so I'm that's going to be a very interesting. I'm glad they decided to uh, talk about that and what you know and what his family thought about that and how he and and you know how he, how he. He handled the speculation and stuff like that. One thing is, Luca was able to be very successful being asexual. I mean, because I never went to Luther's concert and was like, Luther, fine. No, <laughs> no offense. I mean, I love Lisa Luther Randall, but I was never like, let me, uh, t- like, like, you know, he's not, you know, like, he, he's just a great singer, a great. Now, with other artists, I will say, like, you know, um, there have been other artists I've went to see and they've been like, oh, he's good looking, you know, and it helps. doesn't mean they're not talented. It just helps the whole packaging of the situation. Uh, like Luther and Michael, I can say it was probably the most asexual uh, artist, I think. <laughs> like they did not give off any energy. Like Luther might sing to you or laugh or say something funny during the show or something like that. But yeah, no, I never went there going like heartthrob energy. <laughs> but I mean, because I think it was, I think we all had a like a like this is. Yeah, I don't think nobody thought Luther was was straight. I don't think he had any, but we didn't even think about it. I think he just loved Luther Vandross. I don't think there was any. Um, that's one of my favorite singers. Of all time, probably my favorite singer of all time. It is my favorite singer of all time, you know, no doubt. Okay. Yeah, so I don't think people really uh, think about Bob and Luther really kind of put it together. So I, I don't think that was a big thing. All right, so let's see. What's the next place? So it'd be interesting to see uh, that thing. Okay, we're going to talk about Dallas being a hot season. Oh my goodness, do I have time? Oh my goodness. You got time to talk about that? Okay. Listen. Okay, so Dallas is one of the big hot spots for threesomes and open relationships, according to Fox 4. Uh, it says Dallas is a top city for people looking for threesomes, according to a report from Date Nap. Three Fun, a Date Nap for Sexual Threesomes, released a report on the American cities where people are engaging in threesomes and open relationships. Dallas came in sixth on the list. New York and Los Angeles, Los Angeles finished in the first and second list 
second on the list, respectively. Why is that? Because they're entertainment hubs. Is anybody in the entertainment industry like uh, like like don't don't participate in those types of things? <laughs> I know there's some people, but the way they talk about y'all in the entertainment industry, like y'all have no boundaries. Like, do you, is there anybody who just says y'all need to be just loyal to like like if you in it's like is it, if you dating a guy in the entertainment industry, do you just expect the wildest shit? Like, you know, to happen. Like, you know, like if you're dating, like, uh, you know, a big because L.A. and New York came. I mean, Dallas, I can see because you know it's it's, it's kind of big metro metro class, but like, Los Angeles and New York comes up one and two. That's probably because of the entertainment industry. So I expect, so when I see entertainment industry, it's like if you're dating a, a rock star or actor and stuff, you, do you expect the threesome? <laughs> it's like, like because isn't it like you're introduced to such wild-ish, like because they have such access and you're introduced to such wild Stuff. If you're the if you're the other respective other person, I mean, like you know, they have lifestyles where they travel all around the world and stuff like that. So, like, they might say, "Hey, because I'm a rock star, let's have a threesome." Not <laughs> that you have to say yes. Because remember Neil's ex girlfriend, and she said that he introduced her to the threesomes and and all that stuff. Like, you know. So it, it, she acted like she was pressed, like she like, you know, like, well, I like it, but, you know, I was doing it because of him, and you know, I'm like, damn. I mean, so is it, is it that that is a prerequisite to being with, in the entertainment world with somebody that you have to have the, because that's what they're number one and two, respectively, and the only reason I think of New York and L.A. being number two, respectively, is because of the entertainment industry. And all the stories I hear, it, just, it sounds like a prerequisite is threesomes. <laughs> Swingers. <laughs> you know that rock star you've been dreaming of? He's probably going to be introducing you to threesomes. <laughs> ladies, ladies, it's a wild world out in these streets, okay? <laughs> hey, this is awesome. I can't tell me I'm too I'm too popular for just one. <laughs> oh a mess. Okay. Okay, in Dallas, but regular okay, regular people in regular lifestyles and marriages be trying to do three things and all kind of stuff today and get people bored and they be trying to do shit, okay? Instead of confronting their relationship shit. But it's people just you know, some people just like that in street out in the street, okay? They wanna experiment. It's a new day. <laughs> It's a wild world we live in. It's wild, okay? We live in wild times. All right? Okay, so next, I don't know what the others that went on the list, okay? I, I have no clue what the others were. Okay, what else am I missing from telling y'all? Oh, my goodness. Russ Parr's morning show goes off the air after 30 years. Not surprised on that. Uh, Russ, I, I really hate to say that because thus far it's been around for years, but I think a lot of people thought it was underground. Uh, I was listening to him today talk, and I was like, he's interested in some of the things he was saying, but I was like, I'm just not surprised that that, that happened for him because he's always been an underground popular guy, but 
I don't know. I've never, I don't know how, I don't know if I ever, I didn't even know about the Russ Parr show until I went to SSS, like the first time in like early 2000s. I know. I was like, Russ Parr, what's that? Because it was only in certain segments of the United States. I feel like he's like an underground kind of, uh, like Tom Joyner or something. But very interesting. But he's been on the air for a long time, and so he's leaving, um, uh, which I think media and he's going to do more podcasts and stuff like that. Um, let, me t- let me see what else here. Talk about how y'all stories y'all wanted to talk about. We got, we got a few minutes. Okay. Oh, Larissa Pippen. Okay. Larissa Pippen, her and Marcus Pippen say they have sex five times a night, way more than she did with ex Scotty Pippen. Five times a night. Okay, she's in the entertainment industry. It's just one of those one of those include Larsa a threesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Five five times a night? Remember she said she used to have sex with Scotty for a lot for a night? Like what five times a night? And he's much younger than her. Five times? She's up. What are you getting? I mean, like, did you, like, like, you have to be in great shape. Like, is your legs, like, how are you walking anymore? What's this been doing some wild shit? Remember she said with Scotty something similar? I'm like, really? Like, she said we never, she said they had three or four times a night for every day that they were married. I was like, huh? <laughs> That's a wild girl. Marcus, so she will watch it five, five times a night. Wow. Wow. What are we, I mean, what are we doing with our lives? <laughs> five times. Do you believe her? I do. I don't know if it's a night, though. Do I believe her that every night she's having sex with this man? Five times a night, and wasn't she almost fifty? Or she's fifty with four children? Wow! Mm-mm-mm. She said, revealing everything from their they reveal everything from their favorite position to the number of times they make love a night. The favorite position. We have sex like four times, even while she's married to ex guy Tiffany. In fact, lost her tone. What? She said, I'm very competitive, so I like to stay ready. Ask point if that was to completion, and if Marcus was able to complete yourself and then keep going, he insisted, especially lost of my point. What? Oh, my God, I got the audio, and I didn't get to play the audio. Oh, my God, we only got a minute and 58 seconds. Listen, okay, we're coming to the end of the show, but that's a lot, Lord. Wow. <laughs> okay, it's the end of the show. Even me, a Scorpio, is like, no. We've come to the end of the show tonight, guys. Thank you for listening here with me. Uh, I will check you guys sometime this week. Hopefully, I'll have a show uh, later on during the week. You guys have a wonderful week. Enjoy your uh, week this week. Let's end it with. Oh, my God. I don't even know what to end it. Let's end it with my favorite Janet song, okay? Spending time, all right? It's the CC Show. I'm Carlotta. Y'all have a good one, okay? See ya.
Okay, that's my jam right there. Okay, I love that song, Spending Time. It's the CC Show. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you're listening to the Archive Show. What's up, Archive listeners? Thank you so much for listening to me like you do every week. Thank you, guys. I appreciate y'all so much. Remember, you can hit me up on the Carolina Chatwood Show Facebook page. You can also hit me up on Listen, C Chatwood Show on Twitter and Carlotta72 on Twitter. You can hit me up also. <laughs> on uh, Carly's underscore galaxy on Instagram, and there's a link on there somewhere to the threads. And on TikTok, I think it's Keisha Carlotta. Is there other videos on TikTok? Okay, whatever. Yeah, no. Y'all can just hit me up. Follow the links. I don't know. <laughs> okay, thank you guys. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, okay? Enjoy, enjoy. Cowboy says, I am sorry. Go, Chief. Go, go, go. All the way, all the way, baby. All the way, all right? I'm out. Y'all have a good one. See y'all. Let's leave out with, uh, let's see, uh, what is Yearning, Gap Band. I'm out. See ya. Good night. Yeah.